0: welcome to episode 41 of the nfp podcast presented by 3d entertainment the nfp podcast is brought to you by sneaky weasel lager and hey y'all southern ice teas the official alcohol sponsor of the show as well our official clothing sponsor wrangler long live a cowboys 2022 people we are back first episode of the year joined by the fellas once again we'll start with you scott burn what is up brother
1: well, happy New Year! uh merry belated Christmas, fellas. Uh, just whipped by. Yeah, we're busy as shit. Just trying to two feet of snow here today again. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: life is going like a fucking dirty ass gravel road. They just uh, sent <laughs> sent the kids uh, another week of of online schooling, so I feel like we're going backwards in that <laughs> aspect. But yeah, everybody's healthy and happy, so. Yeah, I'm good. Good to see you guys. Happy? Are you sure, Scott? Else? <laughs> I'm a little fucking lying on the H-A-P-P-Y there, for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jason Davidson back. What's up, brother? How's 2022? Just been nailing it?
1: Oh, yeah. LT. It's just been awesome. It's like 2020 hasn't ended. We had our schedule all done. What are we doing now? Re fricking
2: scheduling all of February.
0: It's awesome. Yep, so maybe fill the people in on, on what's going on there. The Canada Cup Series event in what's for the Winnipeg is postponed. Winnipeg
1: and Red Deer. Red Deer is going to go to June 11. Um, Winnipeg's now going to April 23. Mm-hmm. And Lethbridge is holding on.
2: Sweet. Lethbridge
1: is holding on for right now, so we'll see what happens. It was going to be a nice little run in February, weather permitting how nice it was going to be, but... Um, just a huge challenge you know everybody's you know we had our whole team dialed in for nine events and now we're going to have to split the team up a little bit to make it work but what happens when you listen to the fake news i guess you got to do shit different
0: yeah lots of moving parts lots of fucking uh what do you say moving the goalposts, making shit happen
1: oh yeah lots of goalposts moving how about you lt what have you been up to
0: Um, well, you know, living the fucking life, bro, feeding cows in the cold, fucking trying not to die. It's been, uh, minus, I don't know, between about minus 35 and minus 45 here with the wind the last two weeks. So hunker in Christmas was pretty quiet. Uh, the bro schemes came home there. Jesse and Bo didn't get up to much. Like I said, it was fucking so cold. And usually when it's this cold, there's not like a whole bunch of snow, but this year's just really fucking I'm it up to yeah, and yeah. when it you know and it's minus 40 and 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 then it still snows on top of that so it's lots of fun and for our American guests minus 40 is is minus 40 Fahrenheit as well so that evens out on on both ends but no it's been good didn't do too much on the new year same thing uh, I got a bit of a busier schedule coming up here the next month or so next couple of months so I uh, just tried to lay low taking as much time with the fam before I got to hit the road back to the USA again so it's been good.
1: Take take as much time with the fam before they're pissed off because you're gone all the time is what you really want.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Really, really hang out with them a whole bunch so that they can fucking really get mad at me and really start hating me so that when I do leave, they're not they're not as mad that I'm fucking gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, it's uh it's been good. It's been good that way. Watch the the kickoff of the 2022 season last weekend. Uh, well, I didn't get to watch it, just followed along with it. But uh, in Indianapolis, that was pretty cool to see. Packed fucking house. Yeah. First time they've been back there for a really, really long time. And that place was fucking juiced. Boys rode good, too. That was all good to see, I think, from an outside perspective.
1: Was uh, was New York not supposed to be the first one originally?
0: It usually well, is, yeah. yeah. But they have this this different schedule this year, right? So, okay. the World Finals this year are at the end of May in Fort Worth, mm-hmm. Texas. So they've compressed the schedule down to have a whole bunch of events for the World Championship run. So, uh, yeah, we went with Indianapolis, which is a one-day event, which you don't see many of those on the on the Elite Series tour. So it was a one-day event, and then uh, this weekend coming up, will be in New York, and that'll be uh, the I don't know, the second event of the year, and then there's a few during the weeks. bunch of velocity events. Reno starts this weekend. Uh, so from here on in, the schedule for um, the American side of things is jam-packed, so there'll be lots of stuff to follow along with and watch. Not so much here in Canada. <laughs> but
1: uh, <laughs> what, what, What's your first velocity you go to?
0: I go to Portland, Oregon on the 15th, and then uh, Spokane, Washington the 22nd, Are you staying down? Well, it's all, I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. All these work visas and different stuff. I got everything lined out. It's mostly just the family trying to figure out if, uh, if our kids are in school, we don't know if what's happening with the fucking world up here. So, uh, if they take the kids to online learning, we'll just, yeah, we'll head down there and live with that visa. I can stay down there and live down there. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's all just kind of get going to depend on, on what they want to do. Portland, I'm going to, I'm going to come back and forth, but it's such a fucking pain in the ass going back and forth. You got to get a test leaving here. Oh, you got to go through all the different money. shit to do that. Oh, it's fuck. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and the flights, sorry. airlines are so fucked right now that, you know, everything mm-hmm. you hear and look at, and I was a part of it in Vegas, right? was the fucking flights are getting canceled. Nobody's working. It's so everything's delayed, you know, fuck i mean i'll load my own fucking bag if they'll let me so that i don't need a ground crew yeah. i'll fucking load the bags in that son of a bitch to make sure that the you plane's on time That
1: wouldn't be a bad drive once you got to lethbridge and then heading south it'd be kind of a cool drive just take the family
0: yeah that's what i was thinking i'm driving to spokane for sure i already booked flights for for uh portland which weren't too bad depending on how they'll go but I'm a I hate that shit too. Fucking sitting in airports and delayed, and oh, people that have lived that know how fucking hate, hateful that is. Fucking sitting in there and being delayed, and then missing flights, and then being stuck for days, and it's no Waiting fun. Your bag. Yeah, I'll lose well, your bag.
1: And on that note, if you're loading your own bag, I may as well send two flashlights with some red tips on them. You can guide the plane out too. And get her
0: on the <laughs> car mat. Let her in. Right. Uh, <laughs> see, we used to have for me when I was going Saskatoon had that Delta flight to Minneapolis. Yeah. So then it was yeah. fucking quick and easy, you ripped mini, and you can get anywhere from Minneapolis. Right now I'm at least two stops everywhere I go. Cause I got to start Saskatoon, then Calgary and pretty much Calgary now is the start point. Right. then there'll be another stop or two stops from there. So yeah, the Joe Baumgartner talked about it in his, uh, podcast remember he said about the travel like even california getting to them other events it's not like guys yeah. that are in oklahoma or texas that can get home the same day or that night you know and you're yeah. only gone for a fucking day you know we get a weekend of an events it's you're you're all in for three four days and most of those are travel right so yeah i don't know we'll see what goes on i'm super pumped though not to sound negative that i've that i'm going down there by any means very fortunate and was happy to get voted high enough in those world standings that it pumped me into that velocity tour so looking forward to stepping up and stepping out and doing some fucking work at those events that's for sure yeah it'll just be what the family wants to do
1: chase Keeley won't be real disappointed to hear that either
0: yeah yeah he would have had some events but now they're all pushed back so it looks like i can do them too
1: Greedy
0: bastard. <laughs> yeah, no, it is what it is. No, I yep. kinda like it. Everybody talks shit on me for a long time with this bullfighting game. So I'm happy that I could follow up what I what I wanted to do and prove to everybody that I could that I could do this. And now it's just another stepping stone. So yep. pumped, pumped and excited about it. I laughed when I was thinking about it back when everybody was saying how since I was a bull rider, I shouldn't be able to do this bullfighting gig. And I was thinking about our guy, Jason, that'd be like telling Stetson, Wright That because he's a Bronc rider and won the Bronc ride and that he can't be a bull rider. You know, you're, you're, you yeah, got you got one job. My
1: answer a- to, you know what my answer to that would be? Go. Go.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was mine the whole time. So no, that's of fun. That?
1: Who is the haters?
0: Oh, oh there's huh? lots. Yeah, there's yeah, lots. Yep.
1: Trust me. Yeah, you, that, that's no. like anything, though. Especially, you know, you're right, Tanner. You come from a, a very successful writing career, but no, you know what? It's too bad, and everybody can fucking lie if they want, but nobody really wants to see anybody get ahead, right? Oh, yeah. you know, there right. there is very few that you could probably look at in your circle that you know. They're a hundred percent behind you, and then there's lots of shake your hand and piss on your shoe. And, uh, <laughs> you, know. you know what? Though? You know what? They, and then they wonder why they don't get hired. Some of the haters someday along the way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. You
0: just All you can do is prove it. Prove, it. prove yeah. it in yeah. the arena, right? And
1: don't forget, and just don't forget.
0: It's like our guest today, Jared Allen. What a fucking legend that is. Uh, well, we'll get into him in a bit, but remember, he's in this uh, interview. He talks about his mullet and his fucking yeah. uh, mustache and number 69 and rolling in. And everybody was looking at him. And what do you got to do when you're dressed like that and act like that? You better show up and do your job the best that you yeah. can do it. And that's what he did every time he did it. So
1: outperform the antics. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. So that'll be cool. We'll get to him here in a, in a little bit. But before we do that, we got quite a bit of stuff. On the go. One thing that I uh, realized on our last show we forgot to talk about was Zane Lambert. He uh, announced that this year, that 2022, is going to be his farewell tour. What do you guys think of that?
1: Well, Jason, you want to go first? No, to ask one. Well, I think it. I think as sad as it is that it is his last year. I, I, I think my theory is always trying to end it on a, on a. You know at the top of your game, and I think that's where he's at right now. Um, I know he's the veteran, but look at last year he rode like he was you know 20 years old and just stopped the guy He guts didn't of feel love. like it though. He didn't no, feel like no, and that's ago. that's inevitable, but at least you know he finished right in the hunt, like we all oh, yeah. seen it the last day at Roger's place. One bull uh, one yeah. bull costume, one, one bull costume there. And you for know, the second it's, time, same boat cost him, right? And it's going to be sad for the us, sad for the sport, sad for everything when he walks away. But goddamn, I hope he can have a season like he did last year and maybe even a little bit better and end on that good note. But I, I'm always proud of guys when they can have the balls to step away while they're at that level instead of letting that sport beat them out. And then you're just another has been that hung around too long. So good, well, you. and you know on that what's disappointing with us trying to reschedule everything right now we we were set up where those boys were going to be able to rodeo and ride pbr without any real distraction but now we're gonna you know it's gonna i don't know they're gonna have to the obviously you guys know the rules for for to win that 50 you got to be at the event so yeah. Um, we're going to, we're going to have to overlap a couple of them with some rodeos. So those guys will have to enter smart and a guy like Zane has to now. Anyway, his body doesn't handle the miles and he's got another new son on the ground now. So him and Stacy just had their second child. So, you know, you can't just be on the road a week and a half at, at a time. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, he's done it, man. 15 finals. You think about that, um, about records, <laughs> records ever be broken. Like God, who, 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 right now, who do you, who would you give that to? Like who, who behind Zane is on pace to make it to 15 consecutive finals? Somebody with yeah. one from last year. Yeah.
2: You know, is that yeah, where we're right.
1: starting? You know, think about it. He's, uh, it'll be, but yeah. Let, you know what? Let's let just be with him. Like I've, you know, he's been a 3d bull riding guy for, I don't even know how long, like, I, I couldn't even tell you the last time he didn't have, um, 3D shops on, like so. It's yeah, it's gonna be tough, man. He's like my, he's like my boy. I remember when he came to Red Deer. We were doing a PCB event. That's how long ago this was. Professional Canadian Bull Riders event. Twila had to help him fill out his check. He didn't even know how to write a check for fees.
0: <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> Just a kid. I probably around. won it. Yeah, I probably won the fucking Manitoba. thing. <laughs> you know?
1: But he's been a great ambassador for us. That, yeah, awesome. yeah. That'll be tough, tough boots to, to fill. When, yeah, it's gonna be. That'll be a tough one. I, I remember don't... when when Chris Shivers hung it up. Cody Custer. I was at a few retirements in Las Vegas, and they're not easy. They're not easy. <sighs>
0: No, he probably no. won't go full send at, at Zane's either. Holy fuck, that'll be a ripper. <laughs> that'll be a <laughs> <party>. <laughs> Hopefully he's yeah. got a Canadian championship under his belt oh, at night, can too. You imagine then? Yeah. yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Well, you guys,
1: cool. I think we should just book Sunday and part of Monday off, you know, yeah, yep. when it's all <laughs> said and done, because what's the sense of fighting it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The guy like Zayner, you know, with the, some of the border issues that he had not being able to get across in his younger years till he was, well, until me and, you know, me and Pauzy and like Pat and we were down there and and he came down at that point and we were 18, 19 years old. So he was, he was in his latter years of his twenties before he could get down to the States even. Right. And then, right. So the, the career, you know, was, in the, on the state side was cut short but he still went to world finals and was a Canadian representative a bunch of times and had, had a had a great career there where he showed that he, could, that he could ride with the best in the world not just the best in Canada so great career that he can always look back on and know that he gave it everything he had and did it at the highest level so good friend of mine and we had a lot of fun too traveling down the road all those years and I'm sure we still will now with some kids around the same age and having fun so yeah legend of the game Good deal. It'll be fun to, fun to see him on his last year. I wonder what he'll do if he'll, uh, you think he'll step up and step out or he'll just have fun with it or he always has fun. I don't know. So I, I
1: want to keep him involved, you know, like, um, yeah, like if he wants to do something, I'm going to have him do something, you know, like, um, I don't know. That's just when somebody has been around that long, it's like Aaron, you know, when Aaron was hurt running the shoots or judging, like running the shoot, like Aaron, you just hand it to him. He gets it because he's been around those those uh, built for tough cups for so many years. Like, you know, that stuff, you can't, you can't teach that shit. You either got it or you don't kind of.
2: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I hope Zane wants to be involved because I just think he's given so much to the sport of bull riding that he deserves to get some sort of return out of it. So, um, you know what? I won't have that conversation with him until November
0: 13th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's good yeah he's a legend boy he's a legend um another thing that we forgot to touch on that i got a couple uh calls and emails and instagram messages about was the australian bull riding tour wrapped up uh, right there at the end of the year and aaron clyer took down his fourth championship fourth australian championship talk about a fucking guy that can that can ride with the best of them. That just is dominating over there in Australia right now.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I uh, are we? In, I think we might see a few of those boys over here. Mm-hmm. I'm working that on. That. In
0: working Canada on. or Global Cup? What are you working on?
2: Well,
1: getting them to Canada. Oh, good. So yeah, they, I know they've had some restrictions there and aren't able to compete for the same kind of money. So um, we're all going to be back to full pop on the added money and whatnot. So. Shit, you know the way June and July are stacking up. There's a lot of money.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. everything's packing money. events, right? All together, right? So there's yeah. tons of fucking, and there's going to be lots of, like you say, everything's going to be kind of overlapping on top of each other. So guys are going to be hurting to have, to get guys at their events. So that'd be pretty cool yeah. if they did. Kurt Shepherd won the event last weekend, I think, in Rockhampton. I might be wrong on that one, but yeah, I know you're right. Yeah, yeah, another guy that's that rides those guys. I went over there a few times, and there's some fucking unreal bull riders over there. Lots of them got someone to Canada. You know, the like guys will get stuck in staying over there and, and not coming over or come over and get your ass kicked for a little while in the U S and then go back and, and stay over there. Guys like Locky, that kind of re- Lachlan Richardson that retired. And now he's still making a living over well, there I'm doing sure. it. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, which I mean, for us, we're talking about flights. Fuck those guys are, two days on a bucket airplane oh, yeah. you know what i mean on top of that too so it's a commitment and it's a lifestyle and you got to live it over here but some unreal bull riders that that a lot of people didn't get to see over here that i was i felt like i was very fortunate to hang out with them in a locker room and get to see those guys ride because there's some some really good really good dudes too they're kind of like us they're fucking awesome people They
1: are good dudes, <laughs> you know and, and we've had our fair share of awesome guy you know kurt's been over here troy wilkinson obviously Locke and his bro um I've been trying to lure those guys over, like, you know, no. come on. And, you know, some of them just like lock. he's just, he did it. He's done it. He's going to stay at home now. He's like Dakota, you know, he just wants to stay closer to home and make some money, which, you know, at some point in your career, you can understand that. You want to settle down and start a family and whatnot. But, well, look at Lane Mellers. Ke- he actually did reach out. So he's ready to get over here. So he's just kind of waiting on our schedule. Before he makes a commitment to getting in. So and then um, we got we got Callum Miller here right now. Here there's an outstanding bull rider. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Tries his tries his sack off every time for yeah. sure.
0: Good fucking. When
1: they come over, they step up. They come oh, yeah. right. I'll never forget our old friend Ben Jones and Jason O'Hearn when they showed up in Saskatoon. <laughs> they showed up in Saskatoon at the PBR in April.
0: Not having a good with, time.
1: <laughs> with, their gear, with their gear bags and a and a literally a, a duffel bag, it might have been between the two of them. That was their that was their shit. That's what they had. Kelly Armstrong took them home, and those guys, I believe, uh, they didn't get to rodeo too much. So between PBR, maybe we'd have been PCD back then, or whatever the hell we called it. Those guys were just shy of 120,000 between the two of them. They won when they went home yeah. after our finals in October. I think O'Hearn won uh, St. Teague, one or all. At St. Teet Rodeo, when it was just a, you know, when everybody used to go compete at that rodeo, I've seen probably three or four of my favorite bull rides in that arena at St. Teet. Really, uh, Cord McCoy. I
0: don't remember a fucking thing about that place.
1: <laughs> 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 you know what? Neither is your cousin. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say thanks for being honest, buddy. Me neither. Yeah. Uh, Me neither. Oh, God, uh, we just, I uh, wish I knew how uh, to put pictures up on here right now for our guests. I <laughs> would show you a doozer. <laughs> yeah, no. So we were Scott and I were heading to the airport. Um, we did one night there, right? Yeah. Is that what we did? One night. Two. One night. Two. Well, the second night was in the airport because yes. we drove out of there. Anyway, ten in the morning we get down to the Rashes camp and Scott's twisting off the Coors lights yeah. or Bud lights, whatever we're drinking. At ten a.m.
0: Sneaky well, weasels. Perf
1: time, perf time rolls around at seven. And I, uh, yeah, sneaky weasels. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, I'm like, okay, Scott, like you gotta, uh, like, I guess I'm driving, eh? And you know how right. he gets smiling and then gets right in your grill when he's having a good time. <laughs> so it was time to go, but I couldn't get him to leave the fricking water trough. And, uh, finally I was leaving. He's trying to catch up to me down the road. And he, his feet forgot how to work for some reason. I don't <laughs> oh, know. My head my head got heavy and it just passed my feet. Just. Anyway, <laughs> there was a whole story what happened between when his feet didn't work and I got him into the vehicle to get to the airport. I snapped a picture of him and sent it to Twyla. And Twyla calls. She doesn't even text. She calls. You better get him cleaned up, or there's no way he's getting on that airplane. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was even more exciting when I got oh, to Winnipeg and had so to drive into my own yard.
0: Explain that. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, it was a, it was pretty quiet around here for. So 20. this whole year, <laughs> when you
0: were giving me shit about doing that exact same thing. So you're you're guilty of it as well, then, Scott. Correct, Drinking, so correct. you don't gotta drive.
1: Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, oh yeah. This <laughs> trip was that there, Mang. Uh, medicine hat. Left All bridge, of yeah, All that. Of that. Just I'm
0: living, living. baby. Just, just living.
1: I might start booking flights for this year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, one time in St. Teeth, behind the bucket suits, uh, I watched uh, uh, Roger Lacoste and uh, RIP Chris Harris getting the fucking good old. Despite- yeah, good yeah. old fucking Donny Brook, right behind the buck shoots. I had a little handheld camera. Remember back in the day, you had them yeah. little handheld cameras? Like an 18-year-old just fucking videoing the whole thing. And, oh, yeah, it was gold. I probably have it somewhere. I don't know where the fuck that is. And, that,
1: and they were buddies. They yeah, they traveled
2: yeah. together and stuff. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it was a record.
1: You know what? We should get Roger on sometime. R.I.P. Chris. As oh. He's not with us anymore. But I, I've had conversations with Roger about – that and he truly was a good friend like he bent over backwards to help that guy um but ben did he have some good stories and (laughs) and roger can tell a story he just can't like sylvan bourgeois always says he's the only guy he knows that doesn't speak good english or good french
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one oh what else do we got here on the go did you guys uh yellowstone season four wrapped up do you guys get to watch it yet yellowstone what's that <laughs>
1: yeah i haven't i haven't had a chance to watch the last two episodes so don't
2: spoil it for
0: me oh Let's jesus okay well there's a lot of talk going around that it wasn't as intense for the for the season finale as as one would expect it to be but it was you know good. What? I love it. All I
1: care is is Beth that crazy bitch still
2: alive? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, she's fucking alive. That's all good. Up. <laughs> she, oh I love her. She is awesome. <laughs> you know what I gotta I say to all the people
0: a- that are fucking that are on like rodeo people, they're on there and they're always like, Oh, it's not realistic, it's fucking I don't watch it. Da, da, da. Like, go fuck yourselves. It's been the greatest thing that there is for the sport yes. of rodeo, for the Western lifestyle. Everybody and their dog wants to be a fucking cowboy. Look at ticket sales hey. have gone up at these bull hey. rides and rodeos. You give your fucking head a shake, yeah. motherfucker. Hey, you,
2: you can
1: laugh at this if you want, fellas, but this is the best thing that's happened to, I'm going to say, the clothing industry just because I see it. Since, since eight since, seconds. Since eight seconds and since Garth Brooks. Yep. Yeah. Prior, prior to that, prior to that, I remember, Scott, before you took over the Wrangler gig, I had lots of conversations with guys like Dale Claypool and the Mossens, Dave Savolsky. when mm-hmm. Rhinestone Cowboy come out um, with John Travolta. Is that Rhinestone yeah. Cowboy? No, yeah. no, no,
0: no, no. Um, Urban Cowboy. Cowboy, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah bud yeah. and sissy yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, is, what is she ride ride it for sissy or something like that
2: yeah, uh, but uh, the yeah. Boots,
1: they, they, you couldn't like everybody wanted cowboy boots like yeah. it was yeah. it was a great day to be alive in the boot business
0: Yeah, yeah. that's what yellowstone's oh, doing for our you, whole industry huge
1: yeah. 100%. And then yeah. 1883,
0: did you watch that? Oh, yeah. Uh, that one's good. taking the cake, too, on taking it yeah. over, like, even over Yellowstone. I think they have, with the success of Yellowstone, way bigger budget. The scenery and everything that they're putting into yeah, that fucking got, show. Well, oh, or, uh, yeah. Sam Elliott, Faith Hill.
1: Faith Hill, um, yeah.
0: Tom Hanks was, oh, in was in it. Yeah. Unreal. So, okay,
1: now, uh, what's his name? Sheridan.
0: Uh, Taylor
2: um, Sheridan.
1: The main character. No. Tim McGraw. Sorry. Tim guys. McGraw. Oh, yep. <laughs> 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 no,
0: he, John
1: that's John Dutton's grandfather, right?
0: Uh yeah, something like that. No, that's...
1: John Dutton Isn't it? No, no, that's John that's John Dutton's dad. No. No. No, it can't be. It's 1883 and he's uh, and he's got a boy in the show, a good-looking blonde is his daughter and then yeah. uh, the, then he's got a son that he called John. So I'm yeah. thinking John yeah. Jr. or whatever. So that, that's that got to be John's.
0: It's the origination that. of how yeah, the Duttons up. got to Montana. Okay. Yeah, so, so it's yeah, a few it's generations up. before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it but might Tim even be on I the the mom's mom, side.
1: Yeah. But Tim made an appearance in a Yellowstone episode, right? Like, a, you know, throwing it back.
0: Well, yeah, they were really selling the 1883, so they put that into a scene in Yellowstone, and it was a flashback of the land, and when he first came to the land, and when they were fighting the Indians, and horse then thieves. they all got together, and you know, the horse thieves part too. Yeah, there's yeah they've mixed them all in together, but yeah, it's the origination of how the Duttons came to Montana, look how fucking juiced we are about this. Just a fucking made-up made show, yeah. and we're all just yeah. <laughs> real life. Baby. Let, the, let the
1: haters be haters. It's a good fucking show. Yeah. It's a good show. And good there's bad. gonna be
0: another spinoff by the sounds of it too with this Four Sixes Ranch. So, this was a mm-hmm. big ranch in Texas that was bought up by Taylor Sheridan, who is the writer of Yellowstone in 1883, was part of Sons of Anarchy. Uh, yeah, real storied career, and he's a rainer and in the horse industry cutting huge yeah. once again for the fucking western lifestyle world and uh so they ended up buying that ranch which is supposedly one of the most um history ranches in all of texas, texas? yeah and um he bought that and now there i think there's going to be a spinoff of the four sixes as well so that'll be pretty cool to see i love it keep so, them going keep them fucking yeah. rocking ride That's that just- gravy train
1: Yeah. i don't care if anybody says it, it's good
0: um, uh, really cool. So a little bit of recap on the weekend. I don't know if you guys seen the, the highlights or nothing, but the bull ride in, in Indianapolis was outstanding. There was a 90. Na- 90- <laughs> say that
3: again.
0: What did I say? Was I mumbling on that? that <laughs> <numbing> on? <laughs> the bull
1: ride in
0: Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> is Indianapolis the state or is it the city? Indiana. is the state.
1: Indianapolis, Indiana, isn't it? Holy! Oh, can you imagine saying that when you're, <laughs> you're drunk where you're from? <laughs> Have you, ever in to, have you ever listened to somebody far enough south in america say saskatoon saskatchewan yeah that's
0: saskatchewan. fair just,
1: yeah they'll fuck it up every time
0: yeah that's fair uh but anyways uh, really Sorry. good bull ride 90 dalton castle takes the long round with a 90 a uh, bunch of bunch of great bull rides eighty-eights, 89s i think it took it was a one-day event so they took 12 guys back to short round and i think it took 87 and three quarters just to make the short round there's a couple guys with 87s 86s didn't even make the fucking short round so i think that's uh a telltale sign that when you let guys get healthy and you give them a break what what the sport of bull riding can be, which yeah. we won't see this year. <laughs> We're not going to see that no, at yeah. all. On it's either side be, of the way up. Yeah. It's going to be harder than ever and a bigger grind than ever. But I just wish that we could figure that out and that you'd have such a better sport and a better uh entity to fucking sell when you got guys smashing bull rides like that every weekend. But yeah, it was really cool to see Dalton castle comes back off injury. We have seen chase outlaw back after a two year hiatus. He makes the short round ends up top five Stetson Lawrence top 10 makes a really good bull ride back from injury. Uh, Lots of good friends of the show. Denner Barbosa, the only other guy to ride two. he goes 90 in the short round on homegrown. Uh, We didn't see, uh, Jose Vitor Leme he's still out with that injury so we're going to see hopefully he'll be back in New York or whenever that's healed there's no real telltale sign on when he's going to be back but uh, be a good little head start for these guys to try to get a, a bit of a lead before he does fucking I was going to
1: say <laughs> he could start he could start March 1st and just still fucking win it so you know
0: yeah. Mason Taylor takes the win comes off a really really intense world finals where he goes five for six makes a shit pile of money uh really really was kind of his coming out he's been good you know the last couple of years but he's still he's just a kid you know and um last year at the world finals with a broken jaw goes five for six and I think that was his real that was his big coming out where guys know like kind of like Cooper Davis when he went in and won the world finals and you really take notice of who he is and show that he's actually world champion contender material. Right. So he backs it up with a win at the first event of the year, moves himself in a number one in the world standing. So hopefully he can keep riding that fucking hot hand and, and keep killing it. He looks unstoppable right now. And I don't know what, what you guys think on it, but he similar to Cooper Davis once again, but with that broken jaw, it looks like he slimmed down. little bit you know and as 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 fucked up as that is to say and i always said they fat shamed cooper when he had to lose all that weight but the proof was in the pudding of how good he rode right and uh especially in this sport without trainers and without people looking on or, or making sure that you're in top physical condition it's easy just to you know do whatever you want and not really think about that but I think that's really a big key to, to, to Mason's success right now is he's, he wasn't big by any means before, but just that less, that little bit of less weight, I think even is helping him, uh with that center of balance and just fucking ride and everything. He says that he's, uh, he's listening to McBride and those guys and, and telling them that just ride everything like a jump kicker instead of trying to go one way or the other and which way they're going to spin, which obviously helps too. But I think his, um, uh, his body right now is in in the best bull riding shape it can be in, and he's riding like it.
1: Speaking of, I was just of, of being in shape and riding. How how are our guys going to get ready for Global Cup now that we got these events canceled?
0: I don't know. You know, that's what, something.
1: what do we got? Is there any events? Anything? Maybe Lethbridge,
0: maybe Lethbridge is all there is. Uh, there's some guys that are going south uh, that I've talked to, Coy Robert Robbins. Redford. Yeah, Coy Robbins, Ashton Sully are heading down. I think Griffin Smeltzer's down there. Rock Radford is down there. Uh, and yeah. those guys are all entered up at a bunch of these, the velocities that I was talking about before. They start in Reno this weekend, rolling to Denver, and then uh, penalty, or uh, wherever the fuck I'm going to. What did I say? Portland. Portland, Portland, Spokane. So, yeah, there's a good tour. Like, that's what we say with all this stuff that's going on it's not like you know and there's two or three a weekend so it's not like you're gonna have to worry about getting into events right now with all with the compacted schedule there's an opportunity for everybody right now to to be down there and be going somewhere every weekend if not during the week as well so it's good to see those guys going down there and doing it and then you know you got to see guys like dakota butter if his if his groin is going to be back healthy by march
1: i think he's going fort worth
0: yeah. So that's good. Uh, Jake Gardner with his, uh, with his uh, injury from the finals, torn bicep, had surgery on that. And then like you say, see who's going, who's riding. Um, I think it'll all come down to that. Who's hot at around that time. Right.
1: Yeah, I think I agree. Tanner, there is a lot of shit going on and we're dealing with a lot of injuries from last fall where guys were going hard. And I think it's going to be one of those years where it's going to be a tough to, tough to pinpoint or predict who's going to be where and what in the standings um like you said that shrunken season um the monster energies uh man yeah it's going to be there's going to be some storylines here there's going to be some races and it's, it's going to be interesting yeah we should uh speaking of we should be picking pbr canada champ and bull not just the uh, pbr
0: yeah, 100%. Yeah, we can do that for sure. We actually, we should look into if there is no events, if Lethbridge does get postponed as well, we should try to set some sort of jackpot or something up before the Global Cup. Uh, I got Global an idea.
1: I just thought of something. I got, I'll, uh, I'll see here oh. for Saskatoon. Yeah,
0: I'll yeah, we'll have to do idea. something.
1: Yeah, I've got an idea.
0: Because you I'm don't imagine. want guys going into the Global Cup not being on a bull since fucking Edmonton in November, you know? No right you know. as much as as you'll be healthy you still gotta it's like coming off an injury you know you gotta have a few under your belt before that yeah. and get you get you riding yeah. right so yeah we will have to do something there we'll see how it goes hopefully there'll be more uh more released on that global cup stuff or how it's all working or what's going on with that here in the next little bit too see uh see what's going down they've been pretty tight lipped on all that stuff so
1: yeah real quiet
0: yeah looking forward to it but it's coming up sooner than later so we'll see how that goes um with that we might as well fucking get to our boys. We might as well get to our fucking picks, picks of the year. Scott, you going smooth operator again? I think he's <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> if you, you pick our good friend Dalen, that's okay.
0: Yeah, he's good now. He's healthy. Yeah. Well, you
1: right. know what? Fuck you guys. I that's who's was, that was my pick. Actually. No shit. He's going again,
0: yeah. baby. Well, that's we, a pretty we good. Who said
1: pick. we were giving you first pick?
0: Uh, well, he was last place in the pick, so I think. He okay, should,
1: that's fair. That's uh, fair.
0: He gets first pick. I'm Let's going, see. Dalen. Dalen Swerjan.
1: That kid clicks. Look out! So we're going. Mark it, it,
0: mark it, Jason.
1: I'm going to go Mason Taylor. I am. I yeah, just, there you go. Yeah, I think after, Yeah, maybe he's he's got it figured out. It's sure been working for him in the last two events.
0: Yep. yep. You're writing
1: these so downs, down, there? Yep. I'll go Mason Taylor
0: fucking uh, rates that's what i think i'm telling you like he's kind of like that cooper davis syndrome where you know like you, you know you come out of nowhere and then all of a sudden you're the best in the fucking game right so cooper swears by him too says that he can he can do her um uh, fuck there's a lot of like you guys left me lemme so i pretty much have to uh take him
1: uh, that's, yeah that's yeah yeah that's, that no you? Fr- yeah, I, that's take it. pick
0: uh, I'll take Lemay. You guys, I was gonna take Dalton Castle, um, yeah. but because I thought you guys would take uh, them other guys, because Dalton, Dalton can stay healthy. I think he's by far one of the best riders on that tour. But I got to take the cop out. I don't know. I don't. I, we'll see what this injury does to Jose too. It'll be good to watch to see if how he comes back from it or if it c- does keep affecting him. Because groins are the worst fucking thing in the sport of bull riding. But if anybody can get through it, it'd be him. But yeah, I'll take I'll take Jose for the back to back to backs
1: okay and i guess i won the bowl so i guess i picked last
0: um or first what do you think it's up to you
1: yeah go ahead whatever i yeah. don't i gotta i should have some time to do some homework i didn't watch last weekend so i don't really know what's hot 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 right now other than the obvious but well go with uh go with your old bull there
2: <laughs> up, <right? laughs>
0: take him bro pussy oh.
1: Oh Jesus. Well, I'm That's taking a- Wupa, then. If you're letting me pick first.
0: Yeah, you go ahead. Yeah. So Jason, you're going Whoopa. Scott.
1: Take Dennis the man of Scott. What was the what was the other one that was right up there last year with Whoopa?
0: Chiseled. Yeah.
1: No, there's another one too.
0: Riding solo? Yeah. 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 He was right up there too. That's what I took yeah. last year. He'll be yeah, uh, he's a contender for sure. I, I think yeah. I'm gonna
1: go that route, buddy.
0: You're going with that one?
1: Yeah, let's do
2: it.
0: Uh, riding solo. Uh, it's tough to call right now because there's so many of these classic bulls that that are, you know, the four-year-olds, three- and four-year-olds last year that are going to be superstars this year. Um, and I don't think anything, once again, can be whoopah. but, I mean, we're still on the highs of Jose and Wupa so it could change throughout the year and we're probably going to look like idiots maybe halfway through the year with our picks but uh I'll take Chiseled I'll go with them I think it's nice. going to be Wupa though but I'll take Chiseled on that I'm going to get two on that sense.
1: actually depending on where I pick here for PBR Canada I'm going for three, three
0: there's, a re- there's a red and white fucking paint that's a four-year-old that just won the classic at Fort Worth I wish I could remember his name Right now, I can't think of it. I'll do some research and get it back on the next podcast, but the real deal. real
1: deal. Okay, now, in some of these maturities and stuff, are they starting more to buck these young bulls with some riders and stuff? Is that kind of a thing that's going on? Is that a trend?
0: Maturities are two-year-olds. Like That's your two-year-old divisions. Yeah, and then the the derbies are three-year-olds, and the classics are four-year-olds. But like in a classic and derby event, you can enter your three-year-olds with the four-year-olds. But now nah, they won't have a guy on their back, still three, and then they'll start okay, entering no. them. Yep.
1: But is there is there more of them as three-year-olds wanting to put riders on them instead of say dummy bucking them or whatever else, just to see if they're really that good? Once depends.
0: It depends. Different guys have different aspects towards it. A guy like uh, Cord McCoy, he'll raise certain ones just for futurities, and then buy ones for derby and classics. Right. Cause it's kind of two different animals, a bull that some of them are phenomenal and like bruiser that can run right through the, like a riding solo run right through the, the futurities, and then through the derby, then through the classic and yeah. win money at every different level. But a lot of bulls are like strictly really great faturity bulls, the way that they buck, they can score really high with that dummy on their back and win all those futurities, And then when they get a guy on them, they're not as as showy or not as good right so um same as a bull that's like a really good bucking bull that'll turn out to be a great bull in the future as a four and five year old could be a world champion bucking bull contender uh with a dummy he might not win anything with a dummy because he might have not that same tracks or that same same attributes that it takes to win at those futurities. so yeah it's kind of a Kind of a catch-22 on on what you're what you're going for, what you're raising, but there is some that go right through the, the whole ranks, and some that you don't see until they're four, and and they're awesome.
1: All right, well, cleared that up.
0: And now, Canada. Canada, Jason okay. goes
1: on what? What am I picking first? Uh, bull rider. Bull rider? Yep. Yes, sir. No, no, I want to pick bull first. I don't want the pressure of the first bull rider, pussy. I'll pick the first. You want me to pick the first bull? Sure. Yep. I'm I mean, gonna appara- go apparently go... you're doing whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> no, you sick. just go. Uh, well, some <laughs> things never change, eh Scott? <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's right. I'm gonna go with uh Eno sticking and moving. Oh so good that's pick. Little, I think oh. just getting warmed up.
0: Yeah, but he'll probably get sold. He'll probably go south.
1: And there's no trading or fucking nope. repicking either. You're done. <laughs> nope. Okay, that's fine.
0: Okay, Scott. Yeah.
1: Okay, a little bull that I watched last year that I ride stuck out my mind from um, the Calgary Classic was a little bull by the name of Norse God, and I think yeah, that bull, pick. yeah. as he grows up and gets a little bit bigger, maybe um, he's going to be a contender. So that's my pick was. That's, his,
0: that's uh, from the Wild Hogs. The Wild, the hogs, wild hogs. Yeah. Nansen will always have something in contention or seven in contention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of good well, bulls. Timber,
1: Timber, Jam, Timber Jam will be healthy. Probably. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. He'll be back going again.
1: That, uh, that Uncle Cranky's a year older and a little heavier, which I think will help that bull.
0: Yeah. It'll um, help him a lot.
1: He's going to be a real rider friend. I think that between the bulls we're all picking,
0: yeah.
1: a bull like that. Uncle Cranky will be one the riders want to get, especially the right-hand-down guys,
0: you know. Yep, riding them out. Um, I don't know why, but I I don't know. I don't, I just feel like the old boys still fucking got it. I just don't think that they're going to touch him again. Old happy camper. I don't know. Yeah. He's still sticking in, all my, okay. in my mind. He, he doesn't get, you know, he doesn't go a whole bunch. Josh is pretty good with him, keeping him not going to too many trips. And with this year, it all being at uh, – Cup events and with the way that the the marking system works, I think you can hold them off, not overbuck them. It's not like he's going to rodeos with them and shit too. And I think you can uh, waver them along and and might be able to get another bull of the year out of them. So I'm going Happy Camper.
1: Nice. I like it.
0: What was your other picks, Jason?
1: Uh, Uncle Cranky, Norse God was in there. You remember back in the day when you used to talk about, you used to talk in the rodeo lingo, how good bulls were inside or out.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Fucking, hey. you don't really talk about that anymore. Hey? No,
1: but yeah, don't there, and, and there's also so many good bulls. You just better be good in and out or you can fucking be. Yeah, yeah. Else. well, that's
0: the thing. There's going to be it'll be probably either one of the ones that we're talking about or if they, you know, stick in a move and go south or North God goes south, then it's going to be these young ones that are that are coming in that. There's a big age difference between a three- and a four-year-old bull or a three- and a five-year-old bull, the maturity yeah. and the strength and power that they get. So that's why it's always hard to to pick it right off the hop of the year because you're going to have first five events. There's going to be a bunch of bulls that we didn't even think of that are going to be new bulls this year. that will be short-rounders, right? Okay. Nikki Six, I got dang. Randall of the Flying Four Bucking Bulls. Watch out for that sucker boy, I tell you. He'll be coming in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah well that's a good name I, I'll cheer him on
0: yeah. yeah so we'll see where it goes there's lots of good bulls, riders, Scott who are you taking, who's your pick
1: oh man see here's what I'm talking about we're not sure where guys are going to be north, south, it's all jam-packed up into one I, would, I was kind of going to suggest we get to pick two and take an average because we're not sure where we're going to be but... <laughs> um, you know uh, god damn I know who I want to pick and Here come. yeah, Here come. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Zane Lambert. There he's,
0: you uh, go. There you go.
1: I think I think he's uh, got something to prove to himself one last time, and uh, the boys better look out. So I'm going with him.
0: He's always there. Yep. He's always oh, in the yes. hunt.
1: Yes, he is.
0: Uh Jason Davidson.
1: No, I'm going last.
0: You going last? Yeah, okay, I'll go yeah. there. Take the um, off me. Yeah, I was, gonna go, I was going to go – I was going to go – it's tough, right? Because Jordan Hansen's a good pick, but he's going rodeo and heavy. He's made yeah, that but, clear. But
1: with these February reschedules, it might work in his favor.
0: Yeah. He's going to be back home by then. Yeah, depending Maybe. on what's going on. Um, Jake Gardner, always a good pick, right? You got to see where he's going to come back from that injury. Cody Coverchuk, two time champion always just goes about his business. Doesn't say a fucking word. Brock, all these young guys, we have a huge, yeah. huge, yeah. huge talent pool of bull riders, you know, yeah. Tannerino, Reno, Nick Tetz, Griffin Smeltzer, Solly. Solly fuck all these young kids. And I think you're going to see a big um surge of Canadian bull riders that are going to go to that next level and show up and show out. But, um, the guy that's focused on PBR, I think, and wanting to win that title and let it slip through his hands last year, right at the Dakota last Butter. bowl. Dakota Butter. Yeah. I've never bet against Dakota Butter in my whole career. Uh, and so I think he'll find it deep down, depending on this injury, how he comes back from it. But I can't not not pick the old, uh, the old Butters, South Park Butters. So, yeah, I'll take him.
1: Yeah, you talk about, you know, your heroes, cowboys and heroes or whatever. You had that picture, I think, on Instagram the other day of a young little, what, was it a five-year-old Dakota Butter or six-year-old, seven-year-old Dakota Butter <laughs>
0: yeah. watching.
1: Now, who was that riding? That boat?
0: Those Bo, those Bo Birds.
1: That, I figured them shops, those are my where <laughs> Yeah, yeah
0: well, I get it right, it's Bro Birds, maybe.
1: <laughs> but there, there's the there's the story, eh? There's the story. That's where it all started. Watching somebody through the fence with his dad, and uh, look where he's where he's gone, what he's doing, where he's gonna go. So yep. yeah, can't count him out. That's for sure.
0: Joe Blair Roy too, Lottie West. Fuck, you know. Oh, like, yeah, Lottie, yeah, you know I, it. Yeah. Well,
1: You guys took two of my guys, but but now you made it easy for me to not have to pick. But now I'm thinking a guy like Coy Robbins, who finally got the monkey off his back the last few events like you know there's a guy that could be like mason taylor you know just coming out of the finals on a streak uh lonnie i love that kid his health concerns me i'm gonna go you know when you said nick tetz that one wasn't but there's another guy that could just fucking dominate. He was number one until he got like
0: hurt. he was yeah. hurt the whole second half of the year. He only had half a year in him, but he was number yeah. one when he fucking went out.
1: Cover Chuck. As long as he keeps the train on the track, he's going to be hard to beat. <laughs> but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go with the bridesmaid, Brock Radford.
0: There you go. I know he
1: would be completely disgusted with how things happened last year and what his season was like, and I could, this could he could be done in, in a month from now. Knowing if Brock doesn't, you know, things don't go his way. So this could be a bad pick, but I'm going to go with oh. Garth, or Garth, with Brock.
0: <laughs>
2: Garth O'Field? Oh, yeah. He's retired. Long Garth,
1: actually, one of the most underrated guys of all time.
0: With yeah. him as always Garth. <laughs> I,
1: <laughs> I was actually been texting back and forth with Brock this week. And, uh,
0: He's got the Brock, fire.
1: We always, oh, you always talk about Brock and his motor and it's running a million miles an hour. And just through text, you can tell he is wanting to fucking chew some shit up and spit it out. Well, good. I hope when he's driving to the next one, listen to this pod, that that's just a little, you know, boost in the arm to keep him going for the next. There is, hours. there is no doubt in my mind that, uh, he has some big goals this year and, uh, there's no doubt in my mind either that he'll fill them. So it was a good pick, Jason, for sure.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. If he's going south too, that's like not nothing against your pick, Jason. But if he gets hot down there and, and gets to focus it on down there instead, he might not be up here as much either so yeah that's why i say you know there's know, different right? guys different guys on all aspects of it jared Parsonage as well a guy that's always well, that's in not the John Wayne. Like, you know it's
1: that's not yeah we should go to get yeah. no fuck
0: no you're a <laughs> bunch of chicken shits because that's the good part about it right now and that was the fun part about all year this year was it you didn't know it wasn't like a yeah. gimme on who was going to win every event who was going to win the championships anybody can fucking win right and so that's what's fun about the pbr canada right now and watching it is it's anybody's fucking game
1: well, just to hear Jason admit that I was right there once just warms my heart, so fuck. there you go. I'm a team player, Scott.
0: Scott, that'll make you want to have a back. sneaky weasel. sneaky weasel. <laughs> uh, if you're looking for a smooth, refreshing beer this weekend, grab yourself a Sneaky Weasel Craft Lager. This mildly hopped craft lager delivers a bold 5.6 ABV, but goes down crisp and clean. This Does beer it? pairs well with any bull riding celebration. no. Fun in the sun and good times with friends. This beer is available all across Western Canada. Sneaky Weasel Lager, the official beer sponsor of the NFP Podcast. Scott drops his phone halfway through the fucking ad. Read all you he can hear
2: is. Do
0: you want to do it again? Oh, that was gold. That was gold.
1: I don't even know how it happened. I, actually, that I mean it's just real. My sneaky weasels. It's been a year and I still haven't found
0: them yet. Ah shit! You'll be all right.
1: <laughs> You'll be all right.
0: okay uh so we got our picks in for the year recapped everything kind of a good kickoff to uh, 2022 look forward once again we're going to have these every every two weeks we're going to try to do these so i'm going to be on the road here the next little bit so i'm gonna have to bring all this shit with me that'll be fun getting across the border as well (laughs) (laughs) but i'll have some spare time in between so we'll try to set up we got some good interviews in the in the bank here for people that are listening so we got some cool stuff on the go and uh with that you guys everybody good jason you know you don't gotta talk about the you don't gotta talk about the world juniors they cancel those fucking things on us so we don't have to go there with the young guys
1: i got that's fucking
0: oh i was just gonna say
2: yeah yeah how about that
0: (laughs) uh so for those who don't know the world juniors is a huge hockey tournament in canada for all what is it under 18
1: yeah, you know. Well, no, it's U twenty.
0: U twenty. So, 19, so
1: yeah. yeah.
0: So it's kind of like the Olympics of hockey for under twenties. All the different countries get well, together.
1: Uh, yeah, the right? biggest thing for us, Tanner, it's the tradition at Christmas. Yeah. Team Canada, right? Yeah. Like, oh, it's huge. You grow up in Canada, you. Yeah. you play hockey, everybody, you know, and
0: watched all the legends
1: go through it. That team and and shit, we've dominated gold medals. Not so much the last ten years, but prior to that, you know, yeah. if we didn't come home with the gold. It was pretty disappointing. But yeah, just yeah, to the- cancel it, like the year to- I got, the year I got called up from the East Central Hornets. <laughs> there, we didn't bring the gold all that
2: year.
0: <laughs> Scotty, the goalie. Fuck me. That called up to ref. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. Um. But yeah, so they, for those that don't know, they canceled the tournament halfway fucking through it because of COVID, all the countries, all the people were all there and decided after four cases that, that they had to shut the fucking tournament down. So absolute joke, absolute foreshadowing of what's going on in this country right now of bullshit. (laughs) Um,
1: Uh, Jason, I do have a serious question for you as, as a U 20 or whatever, is there out of all those guys that are playing? Is there is this kind of the last showcase for some of them? Can this cost them furthering their career by this being canceled? The players, yeah, yeah. Like, is it well, is it uh, the, you know so heavily scouted? I I feel bad. Like, like, Canada, U.S., Sweden, those teams will all get scouted, but it's the it's the playing with um, that much talent. Mm-hmm. on one sheet of ice and the, and the scouts can evaluate how, you know, maybe some of the players from Latvia that don't get as much exposure, let's say, and, you know, uh, dry done a ton for German, Germany, Germany. Um, but, yeah. you know, now they're, they're not going to be playing, a, you know, so it's, it's hard to maybe measure or get a beat on, you know, how good those guys are amongst the best junior players in the world. Right. Um, but this whole COVID thing, I think there's going to be a gap in development. There's no question. I wouldn't think for that age right now.
0: Education, but, everything. There's yeah, a gap there's going to be a gap in fucking life, <laughs> life. here. <Yeah. laughs> Poor little but fuckers. I, I do,
1: I'm starting to see it. Like now these taxi squads, we're seeing. Yeah. Um, I actually had a text from a, from a team today. They're looking for uh, top six always looking for top six. Basically they're going to take anybody they can get that. That'll fit the void for, here. Or, here. for their American. No, they don't need or I would have. <laughs> oh, I played right wing, center, a <laughs> little bit of defense. Yeah. Oh. We used to actually oh. had a, a young kid. He was a really good uh, WHL player, really high. Yeah, I think he was picked third overall by the Cowboys Blazers. Nolan Neen just got called up from the East Coast to the American Hockey League today. So that's a big you know, that's uh-huh. That's a good opportunity for him. Um, Get to it. It doesn't happen every day, so see what um, see what kind of uh, you know if he takes advantage of it.
0: A lot of the kids, especially you know, like you say, like Latvia or some of them countries that maybe aren't going to go any further in their hockey careers. It's the biggest hockey tournament of their life it's right huge You yeah. know what i mean you take feeling for all them and you can just be like the russians uh they end the tournament and the russians get on the fucking west jet plane and just decide to say fuck it and they're smoking darts in the back of the plane right. and vaping and i guess the russian coach had like rock music super loud but he yeah. didn't have headphones so he was just yeah. playing it through his phone and they fucking kicked them all off the plane
2: <laughs> yeah, it, was, uh, it was
0: mayhem. yep cowboy mayhem. shit <laughs> I love it, uh, but yeah, no, so thinking about all them, but anyway, didn't mean to get on a rant with that. We can go to our um, interview with, with Jared Allen, but what I wanted to say before we do get into the interview with Jared was I didn't really get a chance to tell him, but just how great of a guy, and you'll hear it in this, in this interview, Jason, you know, uh, Scott, you weren't with us for this one, but how big of an asset that guy was for anything in life and how big he oh, yeah. was in the bull riding world, and it was such a shame that it didn't work out for him and they couldn't all figure out how to keep him involved because he is you'll hear he's passionate about everything he does and, and he was all in with the PBR for a while and gave me the opportunity of a lifetime by signing me to his Jared Allen's Pro Bowl team when he started that and that's something I'll never forget so utmost respect for Jared for that whole team uh, for those great years and you know just that friendship that you get to have with them you'll hear in this interview how uh Good of a guy is down to earth. One of the biggest superstars in the NFL, probably be in the hall of fame this year. And just a, just a good dude, just a buddy. One of us, yes. one of NFP style. Full, full I, uh, of force.
1: We were talking about it earlier. You know, when you talk about some of the, you know, I think the key guests we've had the last year, guys like Cooper Davis, you know, champion Cowboys, Cerrone, you'll right away, you're going to see the the trend in the mindset um, as soon as, you know, right off the hop here with Jared, like it's no different. The guy yep. knew what he yep. wanted at eight years old yep. and yep. he just went and got it, you know,
0: full steam ahead. Yeah. And the way that he went about it and the way that he, he was a professional and, and, uh, took it serious. And that was, you know, once again, not making it about me, but just what I learned from him was, was what I try to emulate every day with my career and the young guys to, you know, go, go full force and treat yourself as a professional athlete, just like you are in any other sport. So this is going to be fun. This is cool. Great interview with the man. Boys, we're good. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Everybody stay healthy. Uh, stay strong. We love you. Huh? How's that one? Pep talk. Yeah, uh, here is our interview with NFL legend, future Hall of Famer. Jared
1: Rivers back to pass on third down.
3: He's sacked by Jared
1: Allen. That's the fourth time Jared Allen's brought down Philip Rivers in his career.
3: Don't ever try to block this. Whoa! Whoa! Don't ever try to block this. Receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up.
1: Jared Allen got him. And there it is. Jared Allen has done it. 22 sacks! A new Minnesota Vikings record! Passing greats Jim Marshall and Carl Eller. Jared Allen
3: is Vikings immortality.
0: Our guest today is a four-time first-team All-Pro. Selected five times to the Pro Bowl two times the NFL sack leader, racking up 643 tackles, 136 sacks, 57 pass deflections, and 31 forced fumbles. Most recently announced as a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the former defensive end, mullet militia creator, the cowboy, number 69, Jared Allen. Jared, how are we doing today?
3: Doing good. Good to see your pretty face, my friends.
0: So, <laughs> you too, man. You too. Where do we, where do we catch you today at home? What's going on uh, here? yeah,
3: just at home uh, hanging out. You know, we got some snow down here. You know, I know you Canadians are, are totally used to it. We got about four inches, so the kids were out playing in the snow the last couple of days, and uh, you know, I'm just inside trying to stay warm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's probably a good snow. That's a nice warm snow where you can still have fun with it and make snowmen and stuff like that. Ours yeah, is... it really was
3: it was, good, it was good packing snow. They got a couple uh snowmen, but you know it's like not quite deep enough. So when you're rolling your snowballs, it's still all it's like brown, yeah, <laughs> all muddy snow. so the snow, the snowmen look homeless. It's a lot of fun stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're more like the the Minnesota winters up here, where it's absolutely no fun at all.
3: Yeah, I heard the I heard it was like negative thirty up north the other day. Like the high of like negative 10. Oh.
0: So oh, we've
3: been in it for three weeks now, haven't we?
0: Yeah. It's fun winter. It's not depressing at all. It's always a good time.
1: And Tanner, and Tanner's furnace quit today. Yeah, uh, yeah, furnace. yeah. Build a fire.
3: <laughs>
0: build a damn fire yeah that's right okay man cool well thanks for uh for joining the the show here people are gonna really enjoy this i've had a lot of requests for for you to be on here our first football guy so we'll get some different insights on that That would be pretty cool but um first things first it's all over the news i gotta ask you what do you think of this whole antonio brown situation what's going on there
3: man i don't know uh you know there's there's a well, i should say coach herm edwards told me one time you know he said you know this is kind of an unwritten rule in the nfl when your distraction outweighs your talent you go bye-bye right um, you can get away with with being you know a diva being outspoken flamboyant, uh, as long as you're putting numbers up on the field uh, I, I i don't watch much football so i don't know if he's produced i know he's been hurt on and off the team this that and the other up or down um so that's, I mean, obviously coach and him know what went down and, uh, you know, obviously it wasn't, it wasn't good enough to, you know, <laughs> so was not not to be on the team. So, um, uh, it's one of those deals where, you know, you like to try to get people to bend up the doubt over, you know, over and over and over and over. Um, unfortunately it just kind of seems like things just keep getting mucked up for him. So hopefully he, uh, he rebounds. I, I always wish everybody the best, you know, and what are their endeavors, um, but yeah, I I don't know. So I guess, like I said, I think the distraction outweighed the uh, production at some point. Yeah. Oh, no. Jared, Jared,
1: how many distractions did you see over the course of your career in that game? God, oh, man, I mean, that's where I'm going. I'm just hoping part, you want to tell I was a us part
3: stuff. of several myself too. So uh, <laughs> you know, it just I think it, but it's there, I mean, there's there's a certain mindset right for great players and very talented players. It, it it's it's kind of you walk a thin line of all or nothing, right? Uh, but I think that's the difference. You really got to learn to keep, to, to balance that. You got to balance that, that, that attitude, that mentality, that, you know, you want to say selfishness and narcissism almost, but it, it is, it becomes a lot about you trying to be the best, right. Which then if, if, if it's managed right and in the right setting, the right team, which then manifests into the team being the best, you know, um, it's football and a lot, a lot, like a lot of team sports but football, for example, is, you know, made up with 11 individual battles. And it, it, it's a weird, it's a weird dynamic of individualism and team all coming together. You know, coach from told me one time, he said, you know, the best way you help this team out is by being the best defensive end you can be, mm-hmm. which means make every single play you can make. Right. So, uh, yeah, you know, so you, I think you see you see that. And then, not to mention, you have you just have the typical you have the typical downfalls of, of, of pro athletes, and and uh, you know, some people, a lot of people aren't surrounded by great people. Um, you have you're you're pulled in 19 different directions, and that's where you know, you know, the term professional should come into play, and you know, everybody needs to, you know, remember what the, what they're there for. Uh, obviously, you know, if you're there you're there to win football games. It is a business, and you know where else can you go and make you know hundred at the minimum hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars? You had to learn millions of dollars millions. without a college ah! degree, and not in a corporate setting. And so, you know, every once in a while, you got to walk that line and, uh, and make sure you don't uh, you know, you don't bite the hand that feeds you either.
0: Yeah, overstep it. Overstep. Yeah, we don't we don't really worry about that in the bull ride world. We we're not uh, <laughs> we just get in trouble and do dumb shit, but we don't have the the money to back it most of the time. <laughs> Well, I
3: don't uh, pay you guys that much either. Son. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna lose, what, are you going to lose 400
2: bucks? <laughs>
0: <laughs> go ahead and take it. Yeah. Uh, before we get into your um, your career and all the huge uh, huge stuff that you did within your career as a as a football player, uh, I like to go back when we do these and, and kind of get your backstory of – the originality of Jared Allen as a young guy grew up in that Western lifestyle, a military family was football always number one or did you uh, did you have some other assets that were going on in life or what was your what was your youth kind of like?
3: Yeah, you know, football was, it was a massive part of our life. So my grandfather, you know, was in Marines and my uncle's you know, up were all military guys. And uh, my dad played football, you know, growing up and through college. And so that's kind of what, you know, in it, Texas, right, Jared? That
2: Texas I was place? born in
3: Dallas, right? I was born in yeah. Dallas. I left Dallas, uh, Texas when I was two I should, um, and moved to Northern California. So I was raised in Northern right. California. Uh, my dad trained raining, cutting horses for goodness, 30, 40 years. Um, you know, he had a short little thing, you know, tryouts with the Vikings and stuff like that. He played in the USFL for a little bit. Um, so, you know, that football was his past. So that was kind of bred in dust, you know, football, football, football. My You know, brothers playing popcorn, all that stuff was always you know, right behind them. So, but yeah, I, I grew up, uh, you know, I grew up on a horse ranch. Uh, my dad managed ranches. So I kind of, you know, grew up on a whole bunch of different ranches. Uh, but yeah, football was always our key. Uh, you know, I played, I was a really good baseball player, played all the sports. And then, you know, I uh, quit kind of everything when I was like 13 to focus on football. I uh, told my dad when I was eight, I was going to play in the NFL. Um, and that was just, that was my life's goal. That was all I, That's all I cared about. Um, you know, I was like like Dick Butkus. You know, there's an old story going around whether it's true or not. I'll have to ask him. But when he went to Ohio State and they told him hey, you have to sign up for classes, I said, classes? I didn't come here to take classes. <laughs> 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 Came here to play ball. um yeah. yeah, that was my mentality. You know, I was I was, I was a ball player, and so yeah, um, that was that was that was pretty much it. Um, coupled with you know, like you said, that Western lifestyle. You like growing up on a horse ranch, I think. Um, you know that that kind of atmosphere just just ingrained hard work and dedication and and that you know uh, you know my dad was always great at just encouraging us to dream you know what i mean like a lot of parents you tell me hey you're gonna play pro football i like okay you know go to school this day and he was like well you better eat drink and sleep at them okay. and um and that that was what you know that was what it was about it was it was if you want it go wow. get it and, and give it your all boom yeah. Is, uh, is high school football in Northern California would it be as big as high school football in Texas? Yeah, well, we have our North Cal Texas game you know every year stuff like that, and I think Florida's in there. But yeah, California high school football is a, is a big deal. It's huge. Uh, Texas is a big deal. You know, certain certain pockets are bigger than others, right? Um, but I just think as a state, it's it's pretty good. We always constantly have a top, you know, top five or ten, you know, team in the country. You got Modern Day, you got La Salle, Those are the you know big. I think you got some like Long Beach Poly down there is another big one for the entire state. Uh but yeah, NorCal, I mean, NorCal football was, was big. We had it I mean, it's high school football, it's, it's all about it. So uh um, yeah, yeah. you know, and and you know, everybody is you know, really it's really a pac ten, a whole pac ten fat with pack twelve now, right? That's kind of yeah. where everybody wants wants to end up and um so, yeah, it, it, f- f- football is a bunch of, bunch of meat sticks out there, you know, surfing, <laughs> playing
2: football. <laughs>
0: Northern Cali, not bad. Were you always a superstar then through high school and stuff? Did you have your choice of colleges or how did that all, all play out? Yeah, well,
2: I was a
3: knucklehead talk about distractions. I got in trouble in high school and lost like 13 four rides. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Can't was you do that.
3: State. Wow. That's pretty impressive. 13. You messed up. (laughs) Yeah. You know, well, yeah, you you lose one. They all go away. Um, you know, I actually, I was, I was planning to play at the university of Washington. Um, and then you, my sophomore year in college, I was actually going to transfer. I had an offer to USC, uh, to go back and play. And my coach was like, I had a chance. I'm letting you go. Um, so back then we didn't have the transfer portal back then, You had to get a release, right? That's how old I am. You gotta, you had to get a release from your coach otherwise you could transfer but you couldn't accept scholarship money you mm. know and uh, i couldn't afford like eighteen thousand dollars a year to go to sc so yeah. i ended up staying at idaho state but uh but yeah i mean i was always i've always been one of the best players on my team uh but that was always you know I, my dad was always one of my coaches always had great coaches you know, i was blessed to you know i played one national championships in pop warner had really good high school um Teams and coaches and, and 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 people in the football world to, trek. Uh, Even going to Idaho State was 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 a blessing. Um, with you know my D line coach up there, Mark Ray. He I mean he taught me so much, and my head coach, Coach Lewis, who had a D line background. Uh, I mean they taught me so much that I transferred over into the NFL uh, as far as you know technique and hands. By the time you know when I got there, you know I was already I already had a lot of the techniques that they were teaching at the NFL level down. So it was just really fine tuning them up to that that level so uh i'm a big as as a christian too i'm a big believer that you know the good lord puts you where you need to be when you need to be and uh so my my life my my life worked out just the way it's supposed to i mean i could have done it without so many speed bumps
2: but uh
1: we we talk about the people around you right it it takes a team and uh you know this first time like tanner said in our audience that we've had you know, professional football player, but there's so many, many similarities for every profession. And it and it goes back to making sure you have the right people around you or the right people on your side or in your corner growing up. And it's cool, your dad, like, you know, if you better eat, sleep, and 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 breathe it if you want to be that.
3: Uh I think just, you know, I watched him through his life and my grandfather, you know, hard work was nothing we shied away from. You know what I mean? And I think it's it's that for for any any thing in life you do, right? I mean, yeah. So many people I think just want things easy, or you know, they see social media stars, and everybody thinks they're going to be the next, you know. Just that's and like, it's you know what I mean, it just, it's, its killing well, us right now. All that what you mind. just
1: said right now is that's what's the problem in our world right now, cherry Yeah, it's it, it,
3: it's bad. There's there's no balance to it, right? um yeah. And so you take you take this mindset of everything comes easy or easy money or easy this. And listen, I'll give the guys that are successful on social media credit. I mean, they're putting out a lot of content. They're working yeah. hard, it's yeah. or not. Like there's there's obviously an industry to that, a demand to it, right? um But I think you know it sets this this mindset that anybody can do that, anybody can do this. And at the reality, you know, um, my dad used to say to you, I don't care if you're, if you're the president or you're digging ditches, but whatever, if you're going to be a ditch digger, you'd be the best damn ditch digger you can be, right? Um, and so I think there, there's, there's a, there's this lack of this, this lack of, of want to, you know, you know, in, in, in today's environment where I think people are afraid to go out and get their hands dirty and just work. And you see, I mean, it's in professional sports. I think it's, it's all across the board. Um, where, you know, everybody's a specialist at something, you know, that wasn't ingrained to us, you know, we came in, you know, it was, it was, if you want something, you work to get it, nothing, there is no free rides in this world. Um, you, you need to work to get it. And so that's, that's kind of that mentality we took and, you know, granted, I come from a military family background with my, with my grandfather and then my dad just, you know, being a cowboy and, um, there really, there really is something to that, that Western, you know, no excuses and, and just, and just get it done. Yeah. I know uh, I know Tanner I know Tanner
1: sometimes has our has our pod scripted and, and how he wants to go, but you, you brought something up here so I, I know this is gonna come up at, up at some point but you know doing stupid shit and whatnot and uh, the jackass series was maybe the start of some stupid shit going viral. <laughs> <butter. laughs> and we know you played a big role in that like tell, tell me how that. Or tell our audience how, like, you got the call on that, or how yeah, she uh, I got picked uh, to, to completely I from, annihilate
3: yeah, I got a call, uh, <laughs> call from my PR uh, lady and, and Denise, and she was just like, hey, you want to be in the jackass deal? And I was like, sure. I, I thought they were funny, right? I happened to be, and we were out in LA doing something anyways. So I went down there, and dude, honestly, I, you know, talk about, you know, preconceived notions of people being false. Like, that whole crew was amazing. Like, I still, yeah. like, Talk to johnny today um like just good good people you know what i mean obviously you can tell they they had, you know at one time led, led some pretty hard lives but um <laughs> but man funny tough as nails so yeah i got to go out there spend the day with them and you know shooting these clips and then and they're so dedicated to their work like they don't want anything to seem fake you know and so we we're doing the we we're doing the uh the scene where he was catching them past And that was all it was supposed to be. They gave me this flimsy little helmet and I was like, I was thought I was gonna get myself a concussion hitting them, you know? Um, So, you know, we did that a few times and, you know, he just, he kept tensing up. So it was kind of, it wasn't like that, that fluid, you know, getting to just completely run through somebody. I should have just put my helmet in his gym. So, but we did that three or four times just so he could get it right. I kept trying to tell him I quit tensing up. And so we're just on the fly. I was like, Hey, if you really want to know what I do though, like, you drop back and you know throw a pass, and I'll just hit you from the, the backstack. <laughs> and we did that. He went down. Like, we buried his favorite. He saw it. He ended up finally, like separated his sternum. That
2: was only one take. <laughs> that one was only
3: one take. But man, those dudes are those dudes are tough as nails, uh, and just good-hearted people. Like Knox sent my when my when our, my first daughter was born, he sent us a bunch of these little onesies with all these ironed on stupid stuff on it but i was like yeah it's really great he was like oh, i did it myself so i ended up being you know Pontius, all those guys like we still keep in contact. they've been great supporters of my foundation uh but yeah it was just one of those things where you know i happened to get a phone call um somehow my pr lady knew someone there got it and it's turned into be a great relationship but man those dudes are gnarly those dudes i, oh,
0: that's some I don't great know
3: half the crap that they they willingly put themselves through
0: oh man
2: yeah
3: but yeah that but reason. i mean i don't even know that you know at least they did it like they're making movies out of it now people are doing that for you know 12 bucks
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh that's pure gold yeah so for anybody who hasn't seen that you go on youtube and check that out or it's on on jackass it all
3: started too with like their skating background you know like they were all really high-end you know skaters and making skate videos and it just turned into a bunch of group of friends just doing dumb stuff shows how sadistic the world is that they want to see people get hurt like that
0: oh (laughs) yeah it's huge (laughs) Yeah, well, bull riding, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to see anybody get wrecked out, but they definitely don't want to miss it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I want to go back. Can you? Uh, I don't know if you can share it or not, but how how you lost thirteen scholarships? Can you tell us how that went? Oh uh,
3: yeah, we thought you know prank gone bad. We thought uh you know my buddy's sister was on the yearbook committee, and so she was like, "Ah, oh, you don't need to buy your yearbooks. Like, we'll just give it to you." So you know, no one on the football team bought yearbooks, and then. I was a junior, but then the seniors thought it was a great idea, like to take all the yearbooks as like the senior prank. So it was just a whole bunch of uh, you know stuff, <laughs> stupid, stupid decisions that we thought were funny that turned out to not be so funny. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I ended up getting kicked out of school because you know like thirty five hundred dollars worth of yearbooks were missing, and people that paid didn't get their yearbooks. Um, <laughs> and then you know I live by the motto "snitches get stitches," so I not- a <laughs> right. I got uh, I got I got kicked out of school and uh, then you know then obviously all the schools found out that I got and I got kicked out and they were too they weren't too overly thrilled about that. Oh, <laughs> that's cold. Again, obviously my talent wasn't as big as the distraction at the time. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, Hindsight, yeah. maybe they maybe they would have kept me on board, but at the time. They're uh, like, yeah, we'll get another 6'6 six, six
0: kid to rush the passer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, were you always like a like you're a, you know big guy? How tall How tall are you? No, I didn't do
3: my growth spurt until my junior year. So my sophomore year, I was only 5'11", like 160. Okay. And then yeah. the start of my junior year, I was 6'3", 205. Um, and then my senior year, I was like, I played at like, so I was 6'6", like 225, 230. And then by the end of my senior year, I was about 6'6", 245.
1: Damn! Um,
3: yeah, when, when you when you blindsided Knoxville,
1: what was your height and weight? Oh, I was that? off season
3: too, so I was up there. I was probably pushing two
1: sixty two sixty five. Yeah. It's like a just like a small Datsun. Just <laughs> that's
0: a man. Yeah. Uh, that's a senior size man. Uh, 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 oh, oh. that's crazy. Uh, so let, obviously, your 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 college ball. Went good. Idaho State. You get drafted to the Kansas City Chiefs. Was that dream come true? Did you know that was coming that you were going to get drafted? Was it a surprise? Walk us through that whole draft situation. Yeah.
3: No. It was. uh, I mean, obviously, it was. It was a culmination of of all my, you know, hard work from a kid out through college. And uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of knew where I was going to be at in that fourth round. Knew what teams were interested, stuff like that. Since through the draft process. And um, man, it it was just cool to get that call. You know, I think. I always, I do say that it was like, it was like one of the greatest moments and scariest moments at the same time, because, you know, when you accomplish a dream, you know, then what, right? That, that was always my, that was the mountain I was always climbing. And uh, so we really had to take a look and say, okay, you know, am I happy just being there or do I I want to be the best, right? As as a competitor, I'm always wanting to be the best. Um, And so it really was one of those moments where you obviously enjoy it, you soak it in, but you know, I never ran with the twos. I never had to work my way. You know, I was always since Pop Warner, always a starter, always the guy. And, um, you know, so then you get in there and you got to, you got to really, you know, hone the, hone your work ethic and hone your skills and, and understand, like I said, so it was scary because it was one of those things like you make it you're here, you know, your fourth round pick, most likely going to make the team, get a little, get a little signing bonus, but is that what you want to be? Or, you know, so for me, it was like, honestly, it, it was, setting totally new goals like okay here i worked since i was eight to get to here now i got to set a whole new mountain to climb and um and so it was one of those moments it was it was surreal Like because said, it was it was like a culmination of ah, oh, i finally made it to yeah. holy crap you need to go you need to you know throw yourself back down to the bottom and uh make sure you're constantly climbing to the top otherwise you're going to wash out
0: yeah. And you were drafted as a long snapper, right? Not even a uh, defensive end. No, Is I mean, that they true? don't draft
3: long snappers in the fourth round. They knew I could rush faster. I left the nation in sacks that year too, my senior year. Um, so, but yeah, my long snapping ability was very, was, was good. It helped. I, but okay. still probably one of the best long snappers in the NFL. Um, still <laughs> I think, but that was another thing. I, I didn't want to get pigeonholed into that deal. You know, obviously I talked to coach Emil on the phone. He was like, listen, you did both in college. I want you to do both here. Um, but, you know, you can easily get pigeonholes into uh, in, into a role, you know, and I didn't want to allow myself to do that. So, obviously, I took snapping seriously. I knew that would help me make the team. That would give me longevity. Um, but I just, you know, I did everything I had to do to get on the field um, as a defensive end and, you know, ended up starting week six and had to beat out a nine-year vet. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I had great guys, great coaching. And, again, it's just that will, that want to, right? I mean uh, – and guys, people laughed at me. I told them like, "Oh, you're you know everybody's all you probably run with twos for years, blah blah." blah. And I was like, "I'm starting. Like, I'm taking Bonnie's job, you know." Uh, and it, you know, it's, it comes off as arrogant, you know. But I, I I say it all the time, like, you know, if you shoot for the moon and miss, you might land on the star still. So, yeah. you know, setting setting goals that are easily attainable don't doesn't breed greatness, right? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't push people to their absolute, you know breaking points and beyond. And it's uh, one reason why I love fighting, like UFC style stuff, you know, your only limits are the limits you put on yourself, whether it's cardio, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it's, it was, it was crazy though. But like I said, it was, it was one of those, one of those moments of time where it's, it's a culmination of a, of a dream, but also like this, the absolute start of, of something else. And having to figure out what you want your, uh, your professional career to look like
0: no doubt was it a huge step i would assume it is just like any other sport but going from college to the national football league or college is pretty pretty intense as well but was it was it just a crazy different game or all the same
3: yeah no i it it's definitely different right you know it, it also it's also perspective so like going from high school to college is like i remember like crap i feel, I feel like i was watching film and fast forward right so then you get out but they they do a good job we'll say the nfl has a good stepping stone between like rookie camps and otas and by the time in training camp by the time you get you're ready to go you're kind of brought up to speed right but yeah those first few weeks you know you're kind of and and the, and the biggest thing is getting through that mental hurdle i had lynn styles he was our head of player personality came out some day he was like hey the football it's still football right mm-hmm. field's still the same length same width eventually you end up playing against everybody you played against in college, anyways." It's like, it's just a different uniform. And I think that's where people get caught up in. You know, you're sitting there, you're seeing the Kansas City Chiefs uniform or you're on the field. Like, I remember sitting there, you know, one, one game on kickoff return, I'm like, man, that's the Oakland Raiders. I grew up a Raiders fan. <laughs> you know, so I think you, it's, it's just a mental thing, right? So, you know, once you, once you have the confidence knowing you belong there, Yeah, you jump. But I mean, it's definitely a jump and you got to acclimate to it if you want to stay there. But I think the biggest thing is a mental thing of of understanding, like don't get wrapped up in this whole idea that it's the NFL, it's professional, it's this. And just like this whole because you can psych yourself out. So it's really dumbing it down to just the basics, right? Still football. I still got to do everything I did to get myself here and then more if I want to if I want to compete at the at the highest level possible.
1: And sure. then you get that first paycheck and try to keep it on the rails after you see those comments. Yeah. Right.
3: Like I can't <laughs> minimum. My league minimum was only 225 back in the day, right? These cats making like 500, 600 now. Um, but yeah, so leak minimum was still, but I mean, that, that's a problem, right? You get a $10,000 a week check and you're only paid for 17 weeks or then you got a budget and you start getting used to that. Um, so yeah, I learned my, I learned my lessons early. I had great people around me, um, you know, and uh was able was able to be one of the guys that you know, not a statistic, I was able to put money away and right. it just but yeah, and that's a weird thing too, is that, you know, only five percent of the league makes like life-changing money. Not you know, everybody makes really good money, don't go wrong. But so many people automatically they try to keep up with these guys that are making 000, 000 a million dollars a week, right? Or they try to keep up with, you know. The, the, these guys that have been in the, in the league for a long time or their family members thinks everybody's a millionaire, everything's free, right? It's yeah. not the case. I mean, we're paying for tickets. You, you, you can't, you can't, you got to buy a jersey, just like the way the fans got to buy a jersey. Uh, so there's no free ride. You're taxed in every state you play in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a litany of things that go into it that, you know, people don't necessarily know. Now, again, I'm never going to say, you know, people shouldn't have money from, as long as you can, you know, keep keep it on the rails. You should be fine. But uh, it it takes good people around you to 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 get a plan in place and make sure, hey, this isn't you're not going to be just getting a check every 52, you know, once a week. And we got a budget. You got to save. You got to have a plan. You got to figure out And you might be in one city one week. You know, you could get traded. You're gone. So there's so many variables to it that um, unfortunately, like you said, though, you get you get used to a, a big a big check per week. That could yeah. that could that could be some that can lead to some downfalls. <laughs>
2: I've
0: <Yeah>. seen <laughs> it <laughs> happen. Some good times, yeah. yeah. Um, so you're you with Kansas City for a while. You go to the Vikings, where you talk about money and and contracts. You sign the the biggest contract for a defensive player in the history of the NFL at that time, right?
3: Yeah, I did that was yeah. again talk about you know, you know, hitting that mountain, and feeling like okay, you know, you can go two ways here. I can I can arrive, right? Yep. I, i've accomplished now you know setting my family up for for life and 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 you know accomplishing you know this or you know what what's what what defines greatness is consistency right so you know i didn't, I didn't want to be football is a weird thing right you get paid based on what you've done but then you have to earn it does that make sense yep. Yep. yep like yeah so it's this weird thing it's like you know in reality i got paid because of what i did my first four years but then you don't want to be a washout like, oh, we gave this guy this massive contract and he didn't, you know, he didn't you know, live up to it. So, again, it was going back to the line board, you no know, new city, new fans, new teammates. Um, you know, how do you want to be perceived? And it's again, just you go back and just work, you know, you put in the work and, you know, I want to guys make sure they knew I would practice hard. They see me out there doing the doing the small things, you know, living right uh, representing, you know, the organization, right. You know, when, when people give you that kind of, that kind of money and that kind of faith in you, you want to do everything you can to, uh, to return the favor. And, uh, so yeah, it was another moment in my life where you had to sit there and say, okay, do you want to be a guy that, that had a good four years, made it, made a pro bowl, led the league in sacks, got paid, and then was a bum.
2: yeah
3: Or do you want to, uh, you want to, you want to crank some, you know, how, how great do you want to be? So for me, I just kept chasing greatness. I, I found, tapes of Derek Thomas to watch. You know, I knew I had, I had the all time sack list in my locker just trying to check people off as I could pass them how fast I could pass them. Um, so for me, it was, it was, it was always chasing never every year, you know, focus on what you did wrong, not what you did great and, and build and, and try to fix that. And, and hopefully you can, you know, each year just stack them and stack them and stack them. And, uh, you know, like a laughing joke, I said, I fooled them long enough to, uh, <laughs> to do all
0: right <laughs> yeah no doubt. and you're always a guy that uh like the jackass stuff that we talk but outside of the of the football arena you were always doing media appearances you were always open to interviews different stuff like that was that just kind of your drive to, to to have greatness after football or or just what was your what was your drive for no i'm just i'm it? just
3: an honest dude i like to have fun right um to me football I, I never you know there was one time in my life i took the money that's when i went to chicago uh it's probably why i got hurt <laughs> you know I, to me I, I was i was a meat stick i'm telling you i love football man I, I really did and uh it, it was you know i always knew what it was a means to an end but you know i, I always can, i can't be cliche i'm not a cliche type of dude you know so you know, my relationship with the media was, was that of, was great. You know, it's was like, Hey, listen, I'm going to shoot you straight. You shoot me straight. Like there's you know, so many guys try to have that battle or play that line. I game with you, I was, I was just honest. <clears throat> and so in terms of, you know, I ended up having a good relationship with the media because, you know, they, they got fun, interesting quotes that they wanted. They got honesty out of me, yeah. but at the same time, they, you know, it, you know, if I, if I wasn't feeling it for a day, they, they respected it because it wasn't like I was dodging them. I never, I never tried to give you know, we're going to give 110%, you know? Yeah. It was, it was what it was. If I could answer a question, honestly, I would, if, you know, if it wasn't another business. It was another business. Um, so yeah, I just, I think that's just been my personality. It played out well for me, you know, but as you can see, a lot of people thought I was going to go into media afterwards and I didn't want to. when I was done with football, I was going to be with my family and, uh, you know, raise kids and, and just and ha- hang out and, 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 you know, spent the time I, you know, I had to spend away when I was working. So uh, yeah, but yeah I think so many guys try to have this, well, there's so many, there's, guys try to be too scripted or too protected or too this i think the best thing to do is just be yourself right be honest be cordial you don't have to give out all your information uh but you know answer the questions i like watching a political debate where they ask if you know taxes are going to get raised and they start talking about you know who knows what
2: yeah
0: Be around uh,
3: So that's kind of the mic that i always took it was just like if you ask me a question i will answer it yeah. Um, and, you might not like it,
0: but I'm going to answer it.
3: <laughs> yeah. You're right. and that's the thing is you the Sometimes you don't want to talk and sometimes you just got to sit there and you got to eat it on the chin. You're not always going to have a good day. Um, and when you don't, you got to own it. Right. You don't make excuses. And I think that's, that's the other thing. My, my dad always taught me you never make excuses. Right. Own it, move on from it. You know, it's only a failure if you don't learn from it. And, um, and that's kind of the mindset I always took and everything.
0: Thing, right. So the mullet and the number 69 and uh all the awesomeness that comes along with your career as Jared Allen. Um my biggest question was well, kind of a two-part question. Um, where what was the idea behind that? Was that just lifestyle? That's just what you wanted to live? And second part when you are done <laughs> that one was what did the other guys think of it? In the locker room? Did you take shit, or was everybody kind of no, thought it was awesome?
3: I, so I, the- the mullet was a bet with my financial guy. He had a dope <laughs> mullet in college, and so I bet him my like five grand by tax day who could have the better mullet. And like, you got to bring it back. But the rule was like you had to rock it; you couldn't hide it. Like he was trying to like he was trying to like do like like just you know kind of like the John Stamos where it really wasn't committed. It was just like <laughs> feathered and then long, you know. Boy mullet. Okay. Yeah, right. I was like, no, you got to commit to it, man. Yeah. So, um, so we did. We did it, and uh, committed to it, and. You know, it started getting long, started popping out the back. You know, obviously the media started asking about it, so we were having fun with it. And then I, was, you know, I led the league in sacks, right? So it was like, oh, the mullet. But no, the guys in the locker room thought it was great, you know, because they had told everybody about the bet. And, and like Buster Cole, our punter, he was the one that started putting ration stripes on the side for every sack I got. So yeah. it just kind of became that, – that legend grew on its own too. So it would be just with my own personality. And yeah. then throwing the mullet and then, you know, coming from the, you know, you know living off of a horse ranch and, and roping cattle and stuff like that uh man it just grew cancer City loved it and the team was a part of it like i said we they be cut racial stripes in and uh you know try to figure out you know we just have to wear suits all the time too right like oh you should get like i was getting by buying burt reynolds style suits <laughs> 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 uh,
0: yeah and what what was the what was your teammates like with that? Like as a young guy coming in and rolling oh, in that they locker room, they, they yeah, thought it
3: was great. Yeah, at that point, you know, you you, I had, I had done enough on that team to earn, earn all the respect. And like I said, Dustin Colquitt, he was the one that came up with the racing stripes, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they were That's they good. were all about it. They thought it was great. Um, you know, so we 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 had a blast with it.
0: <laughs> one of those things where if you're gonna do it, you better. You better show up and show oh, you and just gotta to hold
3: it, it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's full it's a full it's a full commitment. And uh, <laughs> and now it just unfortunately i just you know I had it for so long and you know, yeah. I feel like I, when I cut my hair, I look like a square, so I need to keep going. I got <laughs> to let, let, let all the, I got to let, I got daughters, you know, I got to let people know that I'm not messing around. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I'd be worried about knocking on your door anyway when those
3: girls.
0: are. Falling. Yeah, no. no. Hey, you only got to
3: throw punch one of them to send a message to mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: all right, Jared. Yeah, that's a bunch of, uh, a bunch of cool stuff throughout the career and I think really when you went to the Vikings it seems like a lot of stuff changed for you that's when—is uh, that when you started your your foundation Jared Allen home for wounded warriors around that time too and and uh, the bull side of things all that sort of stuff came about
3: yeah so I started um you know I started the foundation in 2009 I came back from a USO tour and uh, you know I had a buddy tell me about the gap in adaptive housing and being from a military family you know wanted to do anything I could do to help you know, help serve our country. Right. So our best way was to serve those, serve us. And, uh, you know, I think no one deserves a size of American dream more than those who fight for it. Yeah. So, uh, we started the foundation in 2009 and, uh, we've been rocking. We just gave away our 24th house. Um, and so we got six projects going. So we got, we had great partners and, um, yeah, just, just plugging away and, uh, and, 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 you know, trying to, trying to trying to correct things one house at a time, you know, so hopefully, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. There's just, there's just, there's such a need with with men and women when they come back from my, you know, we do from Iraq and Afghanistan, but, but every war, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, that there's are gaps, right. There's gaps in, in what our, what our military men and women get when they get home and, uh, you now, for me, you know, living in, you know, living in a country that has been able, or living in a country where I've been able to take full advantage of the freedoms that we have. Um, you know, I figure it's my, it's my patriotic obligation to make sure that you know those who gave it to me are, are taken care of. And mm-hmm. then got kind of to the bull side of things, you know, um, I knew, I knew, you know, I'd always, always liked PBRs, you know, obviously from the Western world. And so there was an opportunity to do some fun stuff, you know, but, uh, and you know we kind of we wanted to create you know a little team little team uh type deal and unfortunately like you said you look at different sports you know you know professional bull riders are some of the few that that don't they don't get coached up right it's kind of a free-for-all it's kind of like you know obviously there's some coaching at some level you're learning from the juniors and you're learning up but you know as professional you know you know athletes go um you know when we were there contracting and stuff like that that's where we saw that gap of man Imagine if you could get in routine, right? From a health standpoint, imagine if you could start, you know, watching film on your rise and then self-correcting versus, you know, you know, I know, I know Mooney can do it better than anybody. You know, have a couple of cold ones, smoke a cigarette and go ride the biggest baddest bull out there. <laughs> but, you know, you know, trying to trying to create that, that mindset of greatness, right. Of consistency. And you see it with the Brazilians, you know, and no, no contractor likes a Brazilian to get another bull because they're going to choke them out. Right. They're going to, but they're going to take full advantage of every, rule that they can't take you know if it's in the rules they're gonna take advantage of it right Hmm. why not you know everybody always says like you know i want i want my opponent at their best no true competitors if (laughs) i gotta fight my tyson i hope he has the flu Uh, (laughs) and then i'll brag that i whooped them flu or no flu i don't you know so if i if i if i'm already at a disadvantage with a bull you know why wouldn't i try to gas that thing out why wouldn't i make him antsy why wouldn't i do everything i could do because about putting uh food on the table right it's about paychecks so um you know, that's so we broke in. We saw an opportunity. Like you said, that was something that, you know, for me, you know, just being a fan of the sport and then knowing Matt Sharping and, and having the access to bulls and then being a competitor, obviously, you know, you know, we went out and tried to get, you know, great riders and, and to compliment, we had a hell of a stable of bulls for about like three or four years there. Yeah. Uh, so I sold them and got out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, everything I do, I go full tilt, you know, and, uh, and, you know, it, it was fun. And uh, unfortunately, you know, it wasn't uh it wasn't, wasn't making as much money as we we were having to put into it. So you get out when you get out when you get. Now it's good. But yeah. uh, but anyway, we had a blast doing it. And uh, I think I think we were able to, to, to make some waves in, in the PBR. I mean, look what they're doing now. Right. They're going to a team format. Um, you look, you know, obviously you, you, you got out, but you, you look at just the dynamics you try to teach. That's, you know, you, you were young of trying to teach. You know about your body right what how why are you gonna how do you how do you prepare your body it's such a violent sport right you gotta take care of your body you gotta you gotta get to the to the next the next rodeo and, and take full advantage of when you're on top so uh you know yeah it was fun man it was just you know one of those things too, just try to pass on you know what people had taught me and, and and being able to get some of those legends that i grew up watching in the pbr stuff like that too back involved with 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 having coaches and, and having mentors and stuff like that because i think that's that's where people lose it you know as professionals in team sports, we see it all the time. Um, you know, cause, cause we're with our coaches daily, but a lot of individual sports and, you know, bull riding, you know, just that, you know, you're kind of on your own, right. You left to your own devices to, yeah. to be able to, uh, to create that. And, and you see guys get into slumps and it's like, you know, why? Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need an outside perspective to really, oh man, you're, you're here. You're too far here. Right. You're leaning coming out the gate, you're anticipating too much. Um, and, and, and just get back. And, and again, that's why if you look at those top guys and consistency, right. What is greatness? Consistency. So that was, that was the kind of our whole, our mindset with the PBR and, and stuff like that. You know, we were already going to be there bucking bulls. And so we were like, man, let's, let's change it up. Let's have some fun. And, uh, and like I said, it was, it was, it was a fun three, but I guess about three years.
0: Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. That was cool. I, I, And I saw the wheels. I was like, I got an opportunity to get out, get out. I gotta go, man. Oh no, it was huge for me. And I always, I've, I've told you this before too, but it's like, yeah, you were the first guy to come in and, and want to treat it as, as a professional sport, just like football was. And uh, you had all the different aspects of the workouts and, for me, the biggest thing was the mindset, right? And just like listening yeah. to you and, and your your mindset, like you're talking in this whole podcast of the way you look at things and the way you treated yourself as an athlete. For me, right? You're, you, you don't really know, we don't get training into that sort of stuff, right? Or, or anything like that. Like you say, we're totally on our own. So for me, just watching you and learning from you and, and just little things that you would say about, you know, they would, they PBR or whatever would try to get you to do something for free or for for nothing right and it's like no like you're worth show you you know what you're worth you're an asset to the sport right but we never had have, have a union or anything like that to ever take care of us so we're, we're totally on our own but but with you and I think a lot of guys bought into it as well was was your mindset towards things and that we are worth something and that that uh we are true professional athletes right And I think you've seen it change a lot after you came in and out as well
3: yeah know, yeah, and, and that and that is i mean you look at the fighters are going through it right now right the, mm-hmm. the fighters are going through fighter pay issues and this and whether or not you how are you treated and, and that's it's unfortunate when you when you're in a when you're in a system like that where you're you're part of this circuit right um because you don't want to you don't want to bite the hand that feeds you but
2: mm-hmm. you
3: know to be honest what the pbr was doing was the same reason why they created the pbr right and, and i love cody and all those guys too but but they 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 went from down here created the PBR and now they're the executives trying to make as much money as possible right pissing on the guys you know that that are there making the show and he used same way with the contractors you know because they're all leased animals you know I tried to get a, a, a team contract I mean I I offered to, to fund it and pay for it just so we could play for like because you know I'm like there's no way airtime airtime only made I think his highest, dude his most productive year was like 25 grand right
2: mm-hmm. uh,
3: but yet you know with with um, with some of our bulls that we had in the CBR, you know, I'm, I'm pulling fifty thousand dollar checks for winning. You know what I mean? So it's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, hey, you know, why are, why are, why am I making more money bucking bulls over here that aren't as the quality of the PBR, right? Um, and it's again, it's it's some people. I just I think you know, there are sayings, right. The, the pi- pioneers take, take arrows. It's better to be in that second and third wave of coming, but you got to have the people that are willing to step out. And, and for me being in, when I'm in a sport, I see that, you know, again, it's about knowing your worth, right. As contractors too, because there's, if there's no riders, there's no bulls, there's no, there's no, there's no PBR, there's no this. So it wasn't, you know, you don't ever want to make waves towards like anarchy, but you want people to know their worth and to stand up for, it. even if it's a thousand bucks, right. It's a thousand bucks. You didn't have to do it for free. Um, you know, you know, so especially when I learned that you guys, you know, you guys get like a 500 dollars bonus and the team hotel is charging you $250 a night. <laughs> you're there for three nights already. <laughs> so uh, you're in the yeah, I, mean, I tried like I said, I tried I try to get in there and get a get a team, you know, you know, top, you know, top five bulls at the event, you know, whether you're long round or short round, you know, top five scores, or even do like you know, top three long round, top five overall. So like eight spots are getting paid out um but guys didn't want to pay more for their they didn't want to pay more for their uh for their tour card you know what i mean for
2: uh-huh. their contracting
3: card and and that and that's that's the sad part is, is you, then you could be a sponsor you can have real bull of the year categories right you should, in my opinion they should set limits on how many on how many outs a contractor has to be qualified for for contractor of the year and then it should be the bull average because at some point you want you want to put quantity over quality and that right. i think that's what i was trying to get forth with the riders as well as that mindset of greatness Mm. um i had a coach tell me one time was like, every time we put our hand in the dirt you win right yeah. even if you lose you win so you might lose a rep but what are you going to do in your mind to make yeah. sure that you can set that guy up for victory the next time and and that's the difference between i mean honestly that's the difference between rodeo and professional athletes right that's the difference between amateur and professional athletes it, it's the ability it's the mindset to to say, okay, listen, yeah, this is what I love to do, but I'm trying to get a paycheck for it. And how am I consistently be great? How do I put all my energy and effort into this? So it's not a it's not a glorified hobby, right? It's it's what I do for a living and, and I yeah. can have longevity. And so that's the and that's the mindset we were trying to we were trying to set forth going through there. And yeah, we probably pissing people off along the way, but that was you know. <laughs> oh,
0: <it's> gold. Yeah, <laughs> even right now, Jason, like you can hear it, right? Just the way that he's talking. Oh, yeah. It is a shame that it didn't work out, because you would have been such a you know a huge I'll huge asset to the PBR. Yeah, it's unfortunate, for their man.
3: We you know it's the CBR, the CBR. Went, um, you know, I guess you know they kind of went belly up, and then with Sean, I said Sean and them are great, but it just you know what i was doing wasn't really conducive to what you know them as a corporation doing because i had a lot of sponsors that conflicted with their um you know with with their yeah, exclusivity yeah, brand and yeah, because yeah, we were, yeah, you know because we're rented contractors for example they had Kawasaki we had Polaris want to jump on board with the team one year we couldn't take Polaris because you know they were there like i had Chevy i knew guys over at Chevy that wanted to do some stuff locally and couldn't because of Ford you know so it was one of those deals where you know, yeah, we could, you know, we could, we could have continued doing what we do, dump oh, money yeah. into bulls, having a good time, but to to see a real, you know, and at some point, you know, you know, if <laughs> if you used to making a certain amount of money, you know, <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's Putting not the worth, time. it's not worth the little bit you're making for a lot of effort. Oh uh, yeah. But it was great, you know. So once once Airtime got hurt and we retired Airtime, you know, we didn't want to. I Me and my partners, we were just like, you know, we're not going to go dump dump the money in to go restart that, you know, that thing again. But you know, the great like Matt's doing you know, sharping. Oh. he ended up buying he up buying our bulls off of us and um and going out now he's got a rodeo company and and stuff like that. So I think I think, you know, we were able to accomplish a lot. I think, you know, we unfortunately you know, we were there long enough to let people know like we weren't hey, listen, we weren't there just to screw around. You yeah. know, obviously we had some of the best bulls in the world. We had some of the top riders in the world. And um and we took care of the guys and and we had some fun doing it and uh obviously the system worked right because we 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 were we were doing good and we had you know we had some lane furniture we had some pretty, pretty pretty dope sponsors some nice rigs we were getting you know we were showing the contractors too like why are you paying for your trucks man you can get that stuff sponsored right and uh and now you know i just you know i was just talking with susan over at um she texted me yesterday and now that you know they're doing the whole uh the whole team thing in the pbr so hopefully it works out well for them because more importantly the contractors and the cowboys need to be to be brought up right you know you can't continue to have you know this level performance to give to the fans if if these guys down here they can't be comfortable and can't make a living at
0: yeah huge man it was uh just thinking the whole time while you're while you're talking about all that stuff but it was uh yeah, one of the coolest times of my life, man. Right. Me and Casey Hayes and Jordan Hupp and Airtime, yeah. Magic Train. We have Michael Gaffney as our coach. So, oh, dude, great. Yeah, it was, great it was had,
3: it, honestly, it was like full three years. It was fun. I remember you guys coming to Chicago. Like, we had a blast. My wife, she's like, man, we were just, I mean, we kind of felt like we were at, cause I was at three or four rodeos and then I was doing stuff with the PBR and, uh,
2: yeah, uh, there was Airtime. No,
3: air, and then Airtime just, I mean, I remember we were watching. It was, I was playing Philly. I had the whole locker room. We had, a, we had a Sunday night game against Philly. We were all in the training room watching airtime. You know, he, he had like a 47 and a half on the first night of the finals. Yeah. And we pulled the Brazilian at the end. I was like, oh, no, he, dude, he choked him out. <laughs> he slipped something out the gates. I think they scored us like a 43 or some crap. Man. Losing the Bull losing of the Bulls title. Year title. I was just like, son of a. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I had the whole team, dude. We were out there watching. We were all watching it for the Eagles game.
2: Now to smash
3: the Eagles to get back out of it. man, it was a good time. Like, yeah. you know, I, 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 I take it as, as you know, not everything's about you know, your know, first, your know, longevity, business and careers and stuff like that. But like I guess I was hoping I was I was hoping to be able to teach you know, guy in a sport that I like watching, right? To have an influence of hey, you know, there's there's a mindset to to create a better opportunity for yourself every time you step on a ball.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, that was super cool. And now, obviously, like you say, it they must have liked the idea because the whole system's moving to a team aspect now. So you were just well, ahead of your time, cool, bro. Man,
3: I mean, because you can do <laughs> drafts, you can do there's all sorts of things. Oh you yeah, do, huge, right? And uh, and now, and, and not to mention, you're going to add more money to the pot, right? You're going to get, you know, if they're selling teams, I don't know what they're selling for, but let's just say it's a couple of five million. I don't even know. But, you know, now you're, you know, guys that have that kind of money are coming in, which is going to now introduce you guys to a whole different, you know, realm of, of networking and, and sponsor opportunities. So I, I'm cool to see, I like to see the sport grow uh, because, you know, to be honest, the shows start to get stagnant at some points, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's kind of the yeah. same, same story, different uh, different city. Yeah. Uh, and so to add a new complex element, is just going to add, you know, viewership, which is going to add TV money, which is going to add more money to everybody's
0: pocket. Yeah, and I think and I too guess, now the guys will have some some leverage, right? Instead of you, if there's a complaint or if there's something not going right for the riders, instead of the riders having to deal with it, you go to your team owner who paid those millions of dollars to own that team that you're underneath, and they they go to the get, they go uh, get that
1: owner will get Sean's attention.
3: An yeah, and, and like I said, and I think, but I think it's just gonna be better, right? And hopefully, hopefully they're implementing some sort of health care plans. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. 401k packages, so hopefully they're doing it right. They're setting it up where you know, where there has this stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, you know what, maybe we should all just start a, a PBR, uh, eight,
0: you know, r-
3: pro bull riding, uh, the pro bull rider agents. There we go.
0: <laughs> exactly. There we go. Oh,
3: cool. It was a blast, you know, and to get to know the guys and, and yeah. see how everybody's doing and just, you know, um, uh, and watching you spring forward, you know, having your kids and then do what you guys are doing now. Um, uh, Man, it's cool because that's what life's about, right? It's evolution. It's not being stuck.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, it, it's the evolution it's of the I tell people all the time: if you're not, if you're not growing as a human, as a man, you, then then you're you're stagnant. You're moving backwards. And you know, I'm always trying to learn whether I can be a better husband, better father, better Christian, better anything. Right? If I if I can learn and, and put that forth to something, um, then 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 I'm then I'm moving in the right direction. Yeah. I'm sure if we all asked Absolutely. our wives, we could all be
1: better husbands. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I try to, I, I, I try to win that All
3: Pro World every year. See how, many, see how many, how many I can just keep stacking?
0: <laughs> uh, cool man. Yeah, well, we could go. We could talk about bow riding forever. But um, I want to ask you. So after the, after the Vikings, um, you've talked about it in the media before. But you, you thought that your career was over. You signed with um, Chicago uh, after that, and then end up. At a Super Bowl, so walk us through why you why you kept playing the game, and then tell us about every kid in the world's dream of playing in the Super Bowl.
3: Yeah, so um, you know what I, I, I it was free agent was a weird deal. You know, I was going to go to Denver. Um, they had offered, but I kind of wanted to get up there and see and see him. You know, talk to him first. Cause There's this you can offer contracts before uh, free agents actually start. You know, there's a small period, and. Um, then where gets cut, right? And so he ends up going to Denver. I knew he was going to go to Denver. So, you yeah, know, I, I talked with Seattle and a couple teams, but, um, you know, really didn't have the money right. I was just kind of like, I was already planning to retire after 10 years anyways. And so I was like, you know what, I'm good. Like, I was just kind of shutting it down. So I say it's and then my agent called me and was like, hey, just got a call from Chicago. Like, they're going to give you X, right? And I was like, oh, all right, yeah. well, my wife's from Chicago. You know, we're about to have another baby. We're building a house, so you know i you know i guess i'll I'll say yes uh it's the only like i said it's the only time i took the money uh ended up blowing my l5 out in the offseason you know with lifting weights you know while i was there uh so i struggled with that that whole year uh while lifting like while training you did jared yeah light (laughs) late day right my my coach came in was like hey man just want to roll that bar back a little bit you know blah 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 so i'm like i had like 405 on and i went down and I, pop, my back a lot i didn't come up but as a, as a real man i racked it i didn't drop the weight i finished the rep
2: <laughs> which was
3: probably which was probably a bad thing yeah. <laughs> uh, finished the rep put it up but i dealt with that that whole year and then just i mean it was abysmal there it was just kind of smoke and mirrors hindsight i should have signed him in seattle um but you know ended up uh you know asking pace and fox came in which you know I, those guys were great and and i've, I've known you know we had mutual friends i've known fox for a little bit so uh you know i asked them to trade me week three i was like listen man i gave you everything as a stand-up guy but let me go put my hand in the dirt it's my last year um i always knew i was only going to play two more uh my agent did a great job of structuring it so i got you know paid for most of it <laughs> i didn't have to pay anything back
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, so and uh yeah so they ended up in carolina and had so much fun and that was kind of the reason why i kept playing was you know, my last couple of years in Minnesota weren't that fun just because you know we were losing we had you know coaches changing changeovers and stuff like that I just wanted to have fun right I just wanted to end my career just having fun and you know that's exactly what Carolina was. I always I laugh I say you know it's the worst statistical year I'd ever had but the best you know year I'd ever had as far as team and just you know we had we had a blast end up we got there and then my first week there literally go and walk through before my first game, which had a rookie, you know, rookie quarterback, rookie tackle. I'm like, I'm about to put three sacks on these guys. Boom. I get my hit. dude runs into my hip and walk through, blow my L five out again,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, into play. And I can barely, I like, was like, like, you know, it looked like tiny Tim just dragging my leg out there <laughs> against the bucks. And, uh, so played through that. Couldn't I couldn't lift my heel off the ground for three weeks. Right. Damn. Um, and then got got back from that, busted my foot in the uh, in the playoffs. Played through a broken foot, but I got to play at the Super Bowl. And like I said, man, it was just so much fun that those, you know, again, you know, I say, you know, the Lord always puts you where you need to be. And you know, Chicago was a stepping stone to get me to a, to Super Bowl, which was the ultimate goal. And uh, and it was humbling too. I mean, I tell you what, like I said, you know, I look back at like, you know, 2011 when I had 22, and it's like, oh, everybody's like, man, it was the greatest year ever. I'm like, yeah, but we were three and 13. And then instead of going, you know. To be, uh, to, you know, like I said, statistically one of my worst years and to be beat up and all that kind of stuff, but have the greatest success is to go play in the Super Bowl uh, in my hometown, walk away in front of my home crowd. Uh, well, it was amazing. So, I mean, the Super Bowl, I, I can't even describe it. I said, my only regret is I wish I would have enjoyed it more because, I, you know, you get in that mindset where yeah. treat it like a game we're going to celebrate after we win and then you lose and you're like, crap, I didn't really truly embrace this. But, you know what, to, to be able to step on that field to be able to playing super bowl 50 to be able to enjoy, enjoy that whole week with my family. man they can, they, that that's something that'll last forever. And uh, it, it truly was a dream. It was, it was fun. Although I don't wear my, I don't wear my NFC championship ring. Cause it feels like a second place ring. So, <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, no doubt. I'm, super
3: bowl. I'm super bowl champ or nothing
0: i'm yeah. super bowl champ or nothing and that's a, oh that's cool well you might not have got the the super bowl but uh the latest honor that you got that you got is a, a finalist for the hall of fame so for those that don't know there's like a, a stepping stone right to, you have to get nominated and then you're a finalist for were well, you a finalist last year as well right
3: i was so yeah last year was my first year of eligibility you got to be five years retired uh made it to the finals. Um, Last year, made it to the finals again this year. So hopefully this will be the year that uh, I get through. Uh, so yeah, now they'll now basically there's out of the 15, the selection committee will will choose uh, top 10. they will do a thumbs up, thumbs down, pretty much vote. I think you got to get like 70 or 80 percent of that vote.
2: Uh,
3: it is the sports writers to get in. So, Craig, dude, that's that's the weird, crazy part about it is it's such a great honor just to be even mentioned as a finalist again in my first two yeah. years. But uh, you know, people are like, oh, what is that Mike? I got no control, right. There's nothing I can do to get in. There's nothing I can do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my, this is where, you know, my, they judge a career that I had, you know, things I did years and years and years and years ago and see how they stack up against, against others. But, you know, and you can't say a bad thing about anybody on that list. They're all generational players. They're all guys I watched or, or played against. And, um, so I know firsthand, you know, what, what they've accomplished. So it it's it really is cool. So I just kind of sit back and enjoy the process and, uh, you know what? Like I said, I didn't even realize I was a finalist. Someone texted me, "Hey, congrats on being a finalist." I was like, "Oh, thanks." <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. but, you know, but yeah. It's, it's a weird deal. Like you know, you're on the verge of, of accomplishing something that we would be insane, right? Like one of the greatest uh, individual achievements of yeah. of my sport, right? And there's literally nothing I can do about it. So it's it's a, it's a weird it's a weird deal, but uh, it's definitely a fun process. And uh, and you just kind of you just kind of see how it shakes out. Damn.
0: Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, we're be- wishing the best of luck with that. Cause like yeah, you say, that's a lifetime of a lifetime achievement, right? That's as, that's as big as you get that your peers and the ones yeah, that-
3: then, then I'm like, I feel that pressure. Like, when do you wear the gold jacket? You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure everybody wears it like all the time at first.
0: Yeah. You know, <laughs> so they're,
3: like smoking at it, you know, but then, yeah, yeah. but then you're like, wow. Cognac cognac in one hand cigar. I don't want to be, be, be like shoddy, right? Like, I don't want to be like showy. So when, when's the proper time to wear it? If I get it, see, these are things that go through my head. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. uh,
0: that's funny. Um, hunting side of things. Are you still doing a bunch of that? Uh, that was the video on the internet of you that you, uh, my favorite video, hunting video of you is when you killed the elk with a javelin.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: No, I'm not doing videos anymore, but still I just got back from uh you know this last November. I took my pops out to Montana elk hunting for like a week. Um that was a blast. Um so yeah, I try to try to do that. You know, I got turkey coming up here uh pretty soon. So we'll uh we'll try to get one of them. But yeah, you know, I try to uh love love being outdoors, love love it. So, you know, just kind of kinda keep that going. Do it remodel a little farmhouse right now, getting the arena set up, start doing some roping again here soon. And uh oh
0: no way, here we go. Oh uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I ain't getting on
3: the horse. I'm just gonna head. I'm just a header now. I'm just yeah, just rope it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. So that's You know. All the yeah, things. yeah, exactly. So that's what I was gonna ask you now. So uh, a football player, you know, obviously you did well over your career. Um but you're still a young guy, you know, in, in the essence of, of life. So I know that you you did some curling. I don't know if you're still doing that. But what's going to – are you still doing that? Is that, is that the curl, main goal? I'm still trying
3: to make no, – I'm going for another – make a run one more time for the next four years. That's my goal is the you know, no one really wanted to go to China Olympics anyways. So I'm, I'm yeah. all about the Olympics, you know. <laughs> Who's better in Italy? Uh, <laughs> how, often, how often are you curling? Uh, my buddy Mark's got a place here. So I just curled yesterday probably a few times a week. I'm on yeah. the ice, try to get down there as much as I can. Oh. Um, so it, it's great. I got dedicated ice now, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting after it quite a bit. Uh, the curling rules going to get shook up here after trial, so you got to figure out what the team's going to look like. But doing that, yeah, man, it just got little things here. We still got the restaurant out in Scottsdale. You know, my stepdad and I, we do we, we flip homes out in uh, Boise and Idaho. Um, you know, so I actually just got a little phone call, you know, uh, about to partner up with a uh, with a marketing firm. You know, you remember Capture, but it's unrestricted yep. now. So yeah, cool. uh, I'm going to do some partnership then with a buddy of mine do some, who's going to do some PR work. So, uh, yeah, little things here and there, but nothing nothing crazy, man. I try to try to play enough golf you know, do chores. I mow a lot of lawns, you know,
2: <laughs> mow my lawn service. So I, just, I oh, grass work wow. in
3: the spring all the time. And then come summer Mount Tahoe wake surfing like every day.
0: Oh, wicked. Yeah, living it. That's good. Well, like, uh, I've got, yeah, lots of, lots of questions for you. So uh, if we could ever have you back on, that'd be, that'd be wicked because we could, we could yeah, for hours. But uh, before we do let you go, uh, our infamous question that we always ask on this show is uh, we know what, what NFP means to us, but what does NFP mean to you?
3: Man, it's, 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 it's a mindset, right? It's, uh, it's, it's not being a victim. You know what I'm saying? Like that victimized mindset of, if I can't, I can't, I can't. It's an, I do my, it's an, I can mentality. It's that mentality I was talking about. When you put your hand in your dirt, whatever it is that you do, you don't fail. Uh, you know, failure is not an option. I got tattoos on my side that say embrace conflict and it's a constant reminder never to take the easy way. Right. Um, and so that, that's what it means to me. It's, it's just, it's just do whatever it takes to get the job done and that's every facet of life.
0: Boom. Nailed <laughs> it. Guys, Jared, one more. What about, uh, through your career, a guy that's played with, with all the greats, with uh, Brett Favre, Tom Brady. Is there a moment in your career that stands out above anyone? I know there's a sweet video of you just annihilating Tom Brady and, and probably every quarterback that played the game um, or almost setting you know the record for the most sacks in a season. You did so much in your career, obviously, You know, you know future Hall of Famer. Is there, is there one moment or, or one instinct that, that stands out in your mind?
3: Oh, you know what? man it's probably a couple one my first offensive touchdown was pretty awesome yeah that was, that was that was pretty dope um and then i'd say probably my my one and only sack on Peyton Manning i hit the guy a ton but um but when i was able to finally get that dude on the ground i'm not gonna lie i relished in that because that guy's a hard dude to sack and, uh, i really it was that. pretty that yeah, was pretty <laughs> trying to shake some of that cash out of his pockets too you know <laughs>
0: okay man well uh yeah i just gotta say i owe a lot to you over the years and and just your friendship means a lot so thanks for for everything you did thanks for being on this show
3: my pleasure let me know how i can help
0: sounds good all right this has been our interview with jared ain't
3: nobody gonna tell